flooding tunnel's over that ridge. We'll get in that way. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Come on. Do you expect me to talk? Welcome to episode 94 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and joined by our very own resistance pilot, Chris Byrne, our trooper who does the right thing with Dave Bond, and a force-sensitive scavenger, known as Charlie Brigden from Movie Drone. How are you? Um, I'm very good. How are you? Good, thank you. How's everybody else? Yeah, good evening, folks. Uh, do I talk first? Do you talk first? It's hard to sell describe <laughs> I always find the how are you bit really false because we've just been chatting for 20 minutes before. <laughs> how are you? Well, same as I was. Oh, hi, didn't you. see you there. Being polite, fuck's sake. <laughs> just being congenial. Jesus. That's why I kind of reply with good evening, folks. Good evening. I never want to say it. always feels really weird. It's not a criticism of Becca, it's just I never know what to say. It feels really odd. It is anyway. a little weird, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know why I say it. I don't care. Hello, listeners, how are you? Write us, P.O. Box 154, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Send us a pigeon. Maybe we should like do like a, a like a live stream or something, then our, our listeners can like tune in at, like, at the time, they can type messages in. You can do. Oh, I'll be sure to be dressed more appropriately, she said in her pyjamas. Oh. I'm not doing it as bloody film. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I look like William Shatner. I'm not disabusing him of that. <laughs> yeah, if you ever if you, if you ever do like a, an actual video, um, cat, you, you just got just buy like a William Shatner mask. And just... <laughs> yeah, but then I'll look like Michael Myers. I'll say I'll be Michael Myers <laughs> from Halloween. I'll say otherwise, Charlie has his um, Chewbacca uh, profile picture. So. <laughs> They just look more and more like Mark Hamill, so... Hmm. <laughs> he had the beard first. People tell Mark Hamill he's looking more and more like Charlie Brooks. Yeah, like Charlie Brooks. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's it. Exactly That's right. that. I've got to say, Mark Hamill, absolutely fantastic in, uh, in this film. He has one of the best <laughs> lines of dialogue ever. Right. They were, just before the film, they said to him, someone said to him on Twitter, what was your reaction when you first saw the script? And he replied, speechless. <laughs> Quite literally. And what I loved about it was, he said openly, he said there was a secret about his role in the film, that he'd get more money if it didn't come out, regardless of what who spilt it. Really? And it was the fact, it was clearly the fact that he said nothing, but he was trolling people with it. He was openly, if you knew what you were looking for, he was saying, I don't say anything in this film. I literally say nothing. But which film is that, Becca? Tonight we are discussing Star Wars: The Force Awakens. What the new one? 
Or you could say episode seven, The Force Awakens. You could, but Disney don't want to. No. No. Yeah, I've now been taken over by Disney folks. They, they still do it on the crawl. Right. But so, it's not in any of the kind of marketing. It's not in any, no. And I, I can see why. It's because eventually they're going to have to be, you know, marketing episode 17 and things like that. Yeah. I think that's what it is. But it's still on the crawl. So it's still episode 7. And also to get away from the prequels, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, they distance cool themselves, aren't they? episode in the actual titles on the, on the marketing and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's understandable because they were continuing the cycle. But here, I think, because it's, well, still not the cycle, but... Obviously, it's the next step in the story. It's just going to get messy. Do you think we're going to end up with like just shitloads of it? We're going to end up with like episode fifteen, and I think it's entirely likely. I think fifteen's pretty uh, conservative estimate. Mm. Episode fifty. Yeah. I mean, they're on record as saying they they expect to be making them through the twenty thirties at least. Bloody hell! Fuck it. Aren't we just all going to be like Star Wars out? I don't know. Let's see how it goes. It's meant to be like one a year or something, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but if if they're one a year and they're they're by and large really good, then possibly not. We'll see. Yeah, well, it's it's one every other year, isn't it? Because they've got the spin-offs. Well, yes. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Saka, yeah. Oh, yes, we are discussing Star Wars The Force Awakens, starring Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Adam Driver, Oscar Iger, Peter Youngo, Donald Gleeson, Max von Glockenspiel, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, <laughs> and Carrie Fisher, plus Daniel Craig, if you can spot him. I think you'll find it starring you, but Snowden. <laughs> and Daniel Craig, yes. yes I don't know. We will, we'll talk, we'll say when we get there. We'll say when we get there. We will indeed. Um, yeah, scored by John Williams, written by J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Kirsten, and Michael Arndt, directed by J.J. I released in 2015. Missing out the Abrams there. Just, just J.J. I know, I already said it once. J.J. So He's got one. He's got one name, like Madonna or Cher. Um, but yeah, obviously directed by J.J. Abrams, so he's also made the jump from obviously the Star Trek verse to the Star Wars verse. He was always more suited to Star Wars than Star Trek, and you can tell by the fact that at least the first Star Trek film is a blatant remake of Star Wars, or at least heavily inspired. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never looked Certainly. at. I, I mean, I, I I've, I'll split the difference on that in that I, I don't disagree in the. Clearly, you can break down the beats of the that first Star Trek film and go, well, yeah, that's very, very much the first Star Wars film. Having said that, when I watch it and don't think about that stuff, it, oh, it, yeah. doesn't, it, it doesn't really evoke Star Wars to me particularly. But he, he is better suited to this. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, like, just to echo what Dave said, I, I, I think, I think that's, that's what I, I thought. I mean, walking out when I first watched it, I did think, it is very much similar like A New Hope, isn't it? Uh, but when you're watching it, you kind of think, well, okay, well, isn't by the large comparison, you know, the large broad strokes of it, there aren't that many comparisons you can draw at it. But when you start thinking about like certain little things, you you think, yeah, okay, I guess there are, it, it does cherry pick little elements here and there. But I guess you know, as as I think we said before, haven't we? That you know, it's it's kind of safety first, um, which I think it. We kind of thought we can't we really blame it for though, can we? A lot of people do, but I think a lot of people haven't really thought it through mm. when they say that. I think that you've brought it back and just given us that, you know. That's um, kind of like, that was like the big criticism, really, wasn't it? Safety first, and kind of safety does it. Yeah, I mean, it had to be. I'll tell you what, I'll quickly go first with my first thoughts then. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's becoming a running joke now that I liken everything to Goldeneye. Actually, what I liken to Goldeneye are <laughs> films that are very safety first and or are coming back after a gap. Um, in the, um, I don't think it's as obvious with Goldeneye in that it doesn't do a die another day and go, this reference, this reference, this reference, this reference. But there is no doubt it's meant to cozily um, reintroduce you to a Bond film. You know, and it's got a much blander leading man than, say, Timothy Dalton, but it's much more central casting. It's much more how, how you would expect a Bond to look, if you like. Um, and I think this is kind of the same. If you think about the Bond comparator, you had License to Kill in 1989, which I utterly adore, but it is pound. It's not own. It's the lowest grossing Bond film, pound for pound. Um, and in America, it was particularly anemic. It then disappears for six years, which in Bond terms at that time was a lifetime because we were getting them every year to two years throughout its lifetime with a couple of exceptions, whereas Star Wars was only ever every three years. So, you know, in that cycle, we missed out on at least two Bond films. Um, so when they brought it back, it was very reassuring. All those rough edges of License to Kill and trying to be new and relevant and all that shit disappeared. And I think what they gave us, people really like, but I think time has actually only proved our point more that it's actually nostalgia that makes you feel that way. It was a certain age when you, you were a certain age when you saw it. Actually, when you look at the film, it doesn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't break any new ground at all. Uh, there are other films like that. There are other series like that. Um, I, I think, um, and I think this is a, a, one of the best examples I've ever seen. The series came back after a 16-year gap and did three prequels, all of which, to a greater or a lesser degree, are not particularly great films. They're also dating very badly because of the CG in it. We talked about them. They were stiff. They lacked that sense of fun that some of the first films, some of the first three had, even though the, there were some dark themes in them. And so you get to 2005, and Star Wars is still big. I mean, the, the third one did something like $850 million worldwide. But it wasn't blowing away the opposition anymore. There were films from around that period that were doing similar sort of money. So you come back in, you know, 2015. It's been away 10 years by this point. It's been sold to Disney. And I think, effectively, it's a proof of concept. You need to prove that you can do a Star Wars film for the first time since the 1980s, where the dialogue sounds pretty natural. It all looks a bit better because CG's moved on a bit. And also he did a lot more practical effects anyway. And just reassure people that it's safe in these new hands because you've also got the factor that it's been sold. At least with Bond, it was still Eon making them. Although having said that, there was a similar situation because Cubby Broccoli had taken a backseat due to illness. So again, it's sort of in new hands. But here it's definitely in new hands. And so there would be nerves about this that like, oh, it's going to get exploited to death now. And also it needs, to, it needs to do very, very well because Star Wars used to be sort of the box office champ. And we're now in an era where Marvel films are doing a billion and a half or certainly some of the Avengers ones are. And so what it's given us is in some respects not that special. It isn't, I mean, as a, as a plot, yeah, it is a remake of episode four with elements of other things in there as well. But I don't have the, the, the first problem with that because it, it is going to be at least a trilogy going forward. 
certainly with this arc, it's a trilogy. Um, so a lot of what we feel about this film will be informed by what comes next. But my final thought on it is J.J. Abrams is very good at two things. He's a very good mimic in that he's produced something that looks like Star Wars, but also he's, he's very good at casting and working with young actors. And what he's, what he's brought us here is, is promise itself because it's got at least three potentially very strong characters, certainly three strong actors, if not four. And what we, this was very promising. I was extremely happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't as enthusiastic walking out of the the first one because I was, I did feel a little bit like, okay, this is kind of like a new hope, then, isn't it? Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of, I do basically agree with what Dave was saying in terms of how it looked. I think also just to add on what he's saying, it was also helped that it was shot on film as well, not rather than digital. That also added uh, an extra element to it as well, as well as along with the the practical effects. Uh, I think J.J. Abrams did a really good job directing it. Uh, it looks great. I think uh, it's really well directed as well. Um, the cast are all great. My only real issue is really, and, uh, and I know I've mentioned about uh, the mimicking, which I, to extent I do agree with Dave, that really doesn't bother me when, you know, when it comes down to it. Uh, I think what it's solely lacking is character development. Uh, I really like the, the new characters. Um... Poe Dameron has a really strong introduction. Um, it doesn't help that his character was originally going to be get killed off like by the first act and then get brought back because by the time he's reintroduced, he's given nothing to do other than just be a swimmer. Uh, so <laughs> I kind of, you know, so in an extent, I can't really fault the film too much or even um, Oscarize it because it's just like, well, you know, you just, you know, I don't, I don't think. I think we're going to see a lot more resol- uh, resolvation with his character in Last Jedi. Uh, hope, hopefully. Um, and in regards to Finn, I do. I I, I think he's probably the, the best new performance in the film. Um, uh, John Boyega. Uh, I do think his character is sidelined. He never gets his his real actual moment to stand up. Um, because his whole development is about running away. He's basically the Han Solo. He's like, he always, you know, he wants to run away from the First Order. He just wants to get out of here. But he decides to come back and fight. But he never really has that sort of that sort of strong moment. So I feel like kind of under pressure, under pressure from it. Um, and Daisy Wrigley, I think, it's, I, I again, I think it's really good. But again, her character is kind of pretty much unchallenged. Um, you know she's pretty much good at every other aspect in the film, and I think that that's to the ultimately the film's detriment. Uh, hopefully that will change or be addressed ne- in the next film, um, which is kind of like my underlying problem with with uh, Force Awakens. A lot of my questions or clash criticisms could be answered in the next film, so I'm kind of like I'm like kind of holding my hands up, thinking I reserve the right to be wrong here. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but generally, generally speaking, I think it's a very insane film, very easy to watch film, very crowd pleasing. Uh, looks great, um, and I also you know I completely forgot fucking Kylo Ren. Um, I, yeah, he get very very strong villain, arguably like a, a really probably the best entry in the film. I know I've said about like John Biega, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll let someone else talk now. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic, and I studied. Um, I don't really care 
about whether or not it's inspired by the first Star Wars, because so is the Phantom Menace. So you got if you're going to level that accusation, do it at George Lucas first, um, because it's the same thing. Um, even maybe even more explicit in the Phantom Menace. Um, but again, it's kind of you're 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 mirroring a saga, and that's something Star Wars is. That's something Star Wars has always been about anyway. Um, so kind of like you're mirroring characters' journeys and that sort of thing. So like it's, it's a natural... Like history itself kind of thing. It's a natural kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, everything that... It's really it's really funny and it's really fun. There's a great sense of fun and adventure in it. Um, the, the new characters and the old characters all kind of mix really well. Um, Ray is a fantastic character. And I think such an important character in, in cinema today, um, obviously because of her gender, um, first of all. But, but, but to me, she is just a brilliant character. Um, and I think we can probably get into later about kind of some reasons why um, she is as talented, certainly as the film goes on as well, um, that as she is. And uh, yeah, the the acting as well. Daisy Ridley is really good. Boyega is really good. Adam Driver is amazing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just pretty much just fantastic all the way across. Really, I find very few faults with it, um, and I've seen it loads of times. And uh, yeah, so Becca, pretty much an amalgam of everything that you've all said. Um, no, yeah really enjoyed this upon release um i went to see it a couple of times at the cinema um pre-ordered the, the blu-ray as soon as, as soon as it became available um yeah really strong breakout performances i think this is probably obviously we saw john boyega previously in attack the block um i don't think i've seen daisy ridley in anything prior to this, uh, this, is really this her, well this is her first film yeah so breakout role definitely um she's and, really good and, in the uh murder on the orange bass as well yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to go saw, see that. I saw it last weekend, and he's, Chris is right, yeah. I no, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. You so can't really that argue with that. She's terrific, isn't it? <clears throat> so especially because Mary Devlin is quite amazing. a unique role. Yeah, really cool. It looks good. What, this or Murder on the Express? Well, both. Okay. But Murder on the Express, yeah. All the costumes so just look to wash really lavish. That's what I always think. I think, you could do a good bath. <laughs> <laughs> if you lived inside an attack. I know, I'm not blaming her for it. Chris just thought about bathing her all the way through the (laughs) (laughs) Chris rocks up at um, at her door and like, hey Daisy, (laughs) do you want to have a bath? (laughs) (laughs) And have a shower with me? Hmm. Um, Well, actually, no, funny you should mention that, because I I do like how... Well, well, you'd be dreaming of having baths with Daisy as well. (laughs) No, John Boy Um, (laughs) You see um, his helmet in this film. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit bloody, though, so you need to be careful. Yeah, I don't know where it's been, but it's covered in blood. Or Oscar Isaac, for that matter. Mm, yes, please. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, his friend was touching it before, so. Oh, bugger. Yeah. His helmet was covered in blood and he left the area devastated. <laughs> the whole village just like. Well, and, and thumbs, you know, there's quite a lot of eye candy for guys and girls that like. Um, and a non-bathing <laughs> away from wanting to have vast or showers with the cast and crew. But no, obviously, like the first episodes one, two, and three are very shiny and very new. And episodes four, five, and six obviously are very kind of looked looked in, very lived in. 
and you know and except when we first see the inside of the millennium falcon you know it's, it's it's been places um it's seen quite a lot of action um and we're very much back in this world i mean everything just looks really filthy um obviously ray really, you know living on a planet like Jakku, everything's covered in sand they do you do kind of get the impression that, that she was everywhere quite literally <laughs> but yeah she was absolutely what really i mean Jakku slash tatooine no, it's different, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a different kind of sand. And it's incredibly small as well. It's like you crash land in like ideally like around about the same sort of place. Is it small or is it very far away? Um, yeah, Becca's <laughs> right. It, it's a long time ago, which means in a galaxy far, 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 far away. away. Which mm. means it's massive, but just at a distance. Daisy Ridley's <laughs> obviously quite big. Because we see it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like the fact that we are back in that world that's kind of very lived in um, and it's seen action. Um, well, was, it looks practical, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. it really does. Um, yeah, a, a lot of the effects are kind of done. You, you really can, it's just it's electric, really. Um, and, it's, it, you know, you kind of see nearly the whole gang back together. Um, obviously, love the reappearance um, of Han Solo and General Leia and obviously 3PO and R2. Um, but I kind of thinking, I was kind of, couldn't help thinking that... Um, had R2 not woken up earlier in the film, this whole mess could have been avoided. Um, but no, it was, it was really great to see, like, you know, the original cast, um, you know, in their diminished roles so far. But then obviously we'll see, well, it breaks my heart that we'll only see certain aspects, you know, of um, Kai Fisher's performance due to sad events. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to the next film off the back of this one. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, acting's fantastic. Um, the effects, I, I think, are amazing. Um, it, it feels like, I mean, it is kind of like, safety safety um but you know it's just this is a film i gladly watch again and again find very little fault with it um and it just feels but i think probably apart from skyfall i've never kind of felt really glad to be back in that kind of world if you see what i mean um after being away for so many years well skyfall was flawless well i, I know but i just it's, it's no sense <laughs> no, it's, I don't quite, mean, it's, it's a big <laughs> deal for it to come back the, the seen last it. scene of skyfall i mm, think the, the last gave, third, gave all last of us third, a direction even it, you <laughs> I was like, hmm, really? Yeah. Um, a whole different kind. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's just the kind of things where, like, for example... But she, on the plus side, she had somewhere to hang her coat. <laughs> <laughs> I shall lift my eyebrow, Roger Moore style. Um, maybe lose my train of thought now. You were talking about stiff nips, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were. <laughs> No, I was just, I, you know, I was just trying to compare it to like Casino Royale, kind of being like the most fucked Return to the Bond series, for example. Um, so it's, it's more kind of being in that, in that world again. But yeah, fantastic. I mean, great leads. Um, yeah, you know, really fantastic cast. Um, brilliant effects. Um, editing really spot on. Um, it didn't kind of really drag in any sense. And there were some real twists. I mean, I tried to stay away from the majority of plot spoilers. Um, obviously, I heard that Daniel Craig would be appearing, so I kept a keen eye out for him. And we'll discuss that when we get to it. Um, but there are some other twists, you know, regarding other characters. Um, if you still, if listeners, you still haven't seen Force Awakens, pause it now, go out and watch the film, and then come back. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen are... it, why are you listening to this? Why? You, yeah, why are you listening to this? Two years <laughs> if you haven't go seen it, where have you been back. for the last for two years? Been under a rock. Um, but no, obviously that you know there are certain things that happen to these characters, and it's like oh, I certainly didn't see them coming. And I remember going to see it. I took my dad to go and see it, and we were just like, what? Oh my god, you know. Didn't expect that to happen. I heard rumours before. It wasn't. I was uh, like, oh. I, no, I knew. Oh, if you're talking about the big thing, I knew. 
Yeah, I, I, did, I, I just kind of thought, right, I'm going to try and do yeah, as well. I know. As I could. I just kind of tried to avoid it and went in as kind of as blank as I could, I guess. Um, I so it's one of those things you kind of can see coming with a character like Ren. Um, but yeah, Adam Driver's amazing. Um, even Donald Gleeson, um, he just it's terrifying, even though he is, he, he looks, obviously he's a very young actor. Yeah, he's um, taken a lot of flack for that performance, but I thought he was really good. I think he's brilliant. I must say, during he's the I thought he was great in one shot. I don't quite get what flat you can give him for playing that character. No, he's he's, he's terrifying, utterly terrifying. I mean, he, he's very kind of sniveling, kind of moustache twirling, sneering kind of. That's, but, that's what you want. Yeah, well, that's his role. He's basically he's, he, and he's a good foil to Kylo Ren as well, especially since they don't go, they don't see eye to eye. No, they don't agree, and that's there's a lot of tension between them, uh, which I think is fantastic. I, I must say, I did get a little bit of whiff of. Um, Graham Chapman, like when when they have the the rally, and I was kind of thinking, right, let's do something. <laughs> but that was just me and my brain. Um, but otherwise, no, he's fantastic in the role. Um, yeah, hugely enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this film, and thank you to JJ for making it. Really good. Yeah, thanks, JJ. Thanks, JJ. We love it. Well, you be back <laughs> you for the third one. And everybody else. And all, and all the cameos as well. I mean, you've got like Simon Pegg. Um, and who else? Who else is on there? Um, there's, I mean, apart from obviously Daniel Craig, but there are a lot of other actors. I think. Oh, oh you got like Peter Mayhew's um, wife. Yeah, Peter Mayhew, obviously making a return. Um, I can't remember the name of the actor who played Chewbacca when it wasn't Peter Mayhew. Uh, Jonas Suomato. That was the one. Um, yeah, pops in, which is quite good. Um, and there are also other British actors as well who do kind of have who are obviously filming in around Pinewood at the same time. I, I thought I saw Thomas Sankster at one point. Mm. Yeah, uh, you did. Yeah, he's yeah, of, yeah, he's in it as well. Um, but he's not credited. I don't think. Um, and yeah. the actor who was with him, the older guy I've seen in loads of stuff, he was in Tomorrow Never Dies, actually. Yes. That Whatever guy. that thing is, sink it. That's the, yeah. Mm. It's a real kind of, you know, if you, if you love to kind of spot these random cameos, then it, you know, it's your ideal film, really. Um, it's a real celebration of movies and movie making. So. But if you want to remember their names, it probably isn't the film for you because we're struggling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, that I'm is really going dead. on about how many great cameos and then she's named two and gone, uh... <laughs> But she's right, there are a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Sorry, I've got... Yeah, my, my, my working memory is quite poor. I'm really sorry. And the guys um, from the, uh, the raid as well. Yeah, I'll have to the go through. The guys from the raid... Oh, yes. Basically, they were filming the raid too at the same time. Um, I, I thought that was a wasted opportunity. Just I thought I had right. those guys show yeah, up and just... No, no. Just one of the gangs that was after Han Solo. Oh, you pronounce his name now, but yeah. Yeah, never mind. Should we discuss the film in a sequential fashion? Yeah, I think it's time for the Brigden Crawl recap. This is becoming a thing now. I'm quite excited. Well, it's becoming a thing just as it's because there's no crawl next week. No, and then the camera pans. We'll have to make oh. up. We'll have to make one up. We'll make one up. Yeah, um, yes, we'll do one. This is the first one that didn't start with the, the, the 20th Century Fox fanfare. I miss it Doesn't. still because it's no longer twenty I mean, Fox. Yeah, when I when I did the um, when I did the uh, edit for the first film, mm. I had to put the Fox logo. I had to put the Fox fanfare in as well. Yeah, and I just did. I wouldn't have felt right not doing it. Um, now you can't put a fanfare in for a company that's no no longer anything <laughs> to do. So no. I'm fine with it, but I miss it. I do miss it. I do miss that flow. Um, in this, you know, I, I, when I hear the Fox, when I hear the Fox fanfare, it's Star Wars. It always has been. Yeah. 
It's a bit like in the early days of Bond, like being UA before you see the, mm-hmm. you know, the other titles and everything. It's like, oh. Yeah, you just can't just grow accustomed to it. Like, you know, like, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, you it becomes gonna... part of the identity, doesn't it? Yeah, you've you've come used to hearing it, hearing the Fox logo, but just before you hear the da da da, da yeah. yeah. That was beautiful, Chris. Thank you. Yes. Very <laughs> good I was going I was gonna go in full fanfare there, but I thought, oh no, I don't want to spoil you too much. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Episode V I I. The Force Awakens. Luke Skywalker has vanished. In his absence, the sinister First Order has risen from the ashes of the Empire and will not rest until Skywalker, the last Jedi, has been destroyed. It's for the stupid people out there who go, how is the last Jedi? I looked at um, the whole article uh, speculating on it and then like he just replies with, it's Luke. It's Luke. <laughs> <laughs> it's Luke, at the end. It's, it's, not, it's not a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> With the support like, of the read Republic... Read the opening call in the last film. <laughs> yeah, tell exactly. With the support of the Republic, General Leia Organa leads a brave resistance. She is desperate to find her brother Luke and gain his help in restoring peace and justice to the galaxy. Leia has sent her most daring pilot on a secret mission to Jakku, where an old ally has discovered a clue to Luke's whereabouts. Made by oh, Maxwell Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Chris, who plays this guy? That's uh, one spiel. <laughs> so the first line of the new trilogy is spoken by Edward Snowden, who immediately <laughs> apologises for the prequels. <laughs> it's kind of. I always feel like it's kind of a waste of a casting for for um, for Ed, Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He could be in all these films that we put he, him in. Why? He's like when he, when he, I remember the time when he was like casting. Oh my god, he's probably going to be like a general or a Sith Lord or you know or something kind of like weighty. And he's like, I just pop up at the beginning and I get killed. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you've got an actor like that showing up at the beginning of a film, yeah, that immediately lends something to the film that. Uh, is, uh, yeah, it lends, of, lends a bit of weight that you've got. Yeah, nice pr- priceless, really. I mean. Even before that, I love the opening shot of of this giant star destroyer just um, basically blocking out this planet, and uh, all the and, and then the shots of the stormtroopers on the on the transports. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really well edited, and and then yeah, and then having Max von Sydow there. Um, the fuck is Max von Sydow? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought I'd actually pay some actual respect to the man. <laughs> I get um, his no, name right. Obviously, we're not being disrespectful. It's just a running joke that we can't pronounce. You didn't need to be disrespectful. You just can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Max von Sydow. There we are. Um, he did it. I know, <laughs> I know, but I just find it so much more fun saying Max von Snowden. Uh, um, so von yeah, and, and, yeah, just just that little hint of the conversation. Um, and again, it's it's like. Like it, like it was in Star Wars, really, and um, like kind of the antithesis of the prequels, where it's kind of like you, you always there's, there's backstory there that it, it feels like there's lots of backstory there without having to explain it. Yeah, the world's been going on in our absence, and BB-8 is amazing. I'm so pleased that BB-8 isn't the annoying shit we all thought he was going to be based on Jar Jar Binks. I, I have, I have, well, it's not it's not really a hot hot take really on BB-8, but I think he's better than R2. I much <gasps> prefer him, uh, you know, than any of the the C three pro and R two D two 
combined. I think BB-8 is great. I, I think he's way better. Yeah, I mean, I, I never thought he was going to be irritating at all. I just thought, um, you know, yeah. you, as you go into a new trilogy, you've got to introduce new things. You can't just have the same droids, the same characters. It was inevitable at some point we'd meet a new droid, and this droid looked a little different. In fact, I thought for a long time the droid was effectively female as much as there's gender um, with them. Um, but the way the way it moves, the way it speaks, um, you know, great. Really, really love it. And look, just to carry on for Max, I want to see that. I think if, had it not been announced that he was in the cast, like it would have been like a surprise cameo, it would have been a lot more effective, at least for me anyway. I think it would have gone, oh shit, it grabbed it out. is difficult, isn't it? We get this with Bond and Bond girls a lot. That, yeah. you know, they, they make a big noise about them because why would you pass up the opportunity to market with the basis that they're in it? There'll be at least somebody out there who goes, oh, I really like that actor and see it on that basis. Maybe somebody outside the target demographic. Um, but it does unreasonably slightly raise expectations, maybe. Because he was added to the cast quite a long time before release, so it was like, oh, he might have a substantial role here. Because he was in that, um, that 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 picture when they all had that test reading, so you, you had you, you had the idea that he was a principal character, um, and even though he had like uh, Mark Hamill there as well, which I, I imagine he was just. <laughs> well, he read the he read yeah, the script. He read to the them. script. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He read the script, so he was reading all the sort of directions and stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, it just, it just made the lid that there was going to be a principal role for him. So, oh, okay, well, that's, that's the end of him, I guess. But uh, anyway, um, so the First Order arrived, uh, don't they? Um, it, it, I, I well, hang on a minute. What, what have we missed? He hands over some kind of, very, very much an echo of episode four. He hands over some data. Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, so, um, to... A MacGuffin, basically. Uh, well, it's actually the, the other part of the map. Mm. We'll get to what that means in a bit, I guess. Because we don't actually know at this point. But yeah. then having said that, the crawl is a clue because they're trying to find him. The crawl kind of tells us they're, they're trying to get some clues on where Luke is. Uh, but then the First Order arrive before they can, he can make an orderly exit. So immediately this village is under attack. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's interesting in the, uh, again, <clears throat> kind of hearing the lines because when he says um, the, says the, the general to me she's she royalty and then later on when he talks to Kylo Ren and they clearly know each other there's that yeah. history there as well which is which is really great to uh... yeah actually I've got a li- I, I can never explain it but when he said she'll always be royalty to me I got like a little tingle off that yeah yeah at the time yeah. it was a little bit like um I don't know. It was almost like this legendary character. And of course, in reality, we've been without her and the others for like three decades. Yeah. I think that might be what it is. Um, But I I immediately felt comfortable. It didn't. I'm sure there's an absolute shitload of of CG in this film. And and I'm quite a defender of CG, but it's used intelligently. Yeah. I can't think of many shots in this film that don't look pretty much seamless. And actually, quite a lot of what we're looking at that we think might be CG, and I'll come to some examples later, aren't. Mm. So um, I, I was already comfortable this was going to have a nicer aesthetic than the prequels. Yeah. Um, but And then we get the first shot of Kylo getting off his ship. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite a, a dark attack, really, because uh, you have you have a you have a bit of a, a shootout first, and we we do get, kind of get in, introduced to um, 
uh, F9 or Finn, basically. I forget yeah. the actual serial number he had. He had a star. It's like nine one two six or something like that. Yeah. Um, but um, twenty. Uh, yeah. Poe shoots. Actually, shoots. Um, his Charlie's desperate. Oh, come on. Charlie was uh, trying to stop himself there because he thought he'd sound like a geek. Come on. What was it? What is it? <laughs> it's uh, twenty. 2187. Okay. I actually only heard that in the last hour or two, but I, I, it had which to is actually, mic again. Which is also the uh, detention block, um, I think, I was wondering Star if it was Wars. a reference. I was wondering oh. if it was a reference, but I had no idea what to. Yeah. I just thought I just thought all these properties, I mean, Pixar are the same. Quite often these are references, little in references to something else. Like Starkiller Base and... Yeah, that's obviously a big in reference. Yeah, and then the other one is THX 1138, isn't it? In these films. Yeah, because Han, Han says, let's find out what cell she's in. 2187. That's you it, go yeah. and get her. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you can you, you see him coming down, and then they just kind of come out shooting to uh, the village. And you see the uh, the flame troopers as well. Yeah, they're, Which I was going to say they're pretty cool, but that's a bit ironic. But um. <laughs> a very kind of Vietnam kind of feel. I was just about to say. Yeah, there's a Vietnam see a shot vibe. Later, that's very, um, very apocalypse now. Mm. Obviously, we have that um, again in uh, yeah. in Rogue One, befitting the time when it was set. So, um, but the the introduction of Kylo, um, I love the way it kind of it gives the scale of his ship, where they kind of you see. Um, Oscar Isaac's reaction, Poe Dameron's reaction, as you hear the, the the sheer noise of it, and then you kind of see it coming down, and then it cuts to a really wide shot of the whole area, and just you see the, the, the whole size of the actual ship, yeah. which I think is amazing. And then it's a really great moving panning shot when he comes out of the uh, of the ramp down. And it's just a really great introduction. I mean, the first thing is he stops a blaster. He, he stops a blast in midair. Mm. We've not it's seen terrifying. anything like that cool before. But what I what I I think ninety percent of Kylo's appeal to me is the voice. There's something about the voice yeah. because it's, it's pro great. it's processed, but uh, but it's it's supernaturally calm. Yeah, I love it. The, the voice is what does it, and it's not on paper a way that you think would work. Because Darth Vader, obviously, they went with an actor with an incredibly deep and and uh, commanding, booming voice. Yeah. You know, uh, a James Earl Jones. I mean, they could have gone with Orson Welles. They thought about it. You know, um, to go with someone with quite a young voice, not particularly an imposing voice in in any great way, but then process it slightly, make it sound a bit otherworldly, and that it doesn't sound like it's coming from the same place as the rest of the sounds. Mm. Um, and then have it so calm. Yeah, he's very That's much a character it. who is basically reining in everything. Like, because his whole deal is he, he's resisting temptation from the the light side, as opposed to it's the flip side of the coin. So uh, his whole thing is kind of I'm being super super sort of like calm, uh, reining every sort of element of of emotion in. But then at times, as we get later on in the film, he has fits of rage. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of had bursts where he just basically. But his voice doesn't fits. change. He yeah. has that fit of rage, and then he will just turn and say, "Anything else?" Yeah. Well, you go, it does. Well, actually, it, it it does go up a little bit. Like he's a little bit knackered from hitting the the thing. But yeah, but yeah, he yeah. But I, that's that, that is one of the things I really like. I remember when he actually did take off the mask, and you think, 
what's it going to sound like now? Is he going to sound all squeaky and everything now about, about, the, about the mask? Or is he going to like sound the same? Well, what's he going to sound like? Um, so there, 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 there was was that part of it as well. So, um, But yeah, he, 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 he kind of forced holds a blast, which is kind of badass. We've never seen um, anything really from a stormtrooper's perspective this way as well. No, they're, they're just they're just a mass of bodies normally, and even them flying in, it's got this slight urgency feel, and they're hanging on, and it it is a bit like I, I don't want to liken it because it's nothing in aesthetic like it, but you know I like Saving Private Ryan where you get there and it's straight into it. Yeah, they're a bit like that. They're being like raced in to get on with it, and this is quite. For a P, in very PG thirteen terms, this is quite harrowing for him. You can see why this is getting to him. He's clearly having a dramatic fucking panic attack at the same mm. time. I kind of feel like the stormtroopers are kind of like, or I don't want to say hypnotized. I don't think they're hypnotized. They're just kind of bred. They, yeah, yeah. they just kind of like bred in a certain way, so they kind of like. Well, they say they're conditioned, don't they? Yeah. Conditioned from when he was born. So they were. Or what have you? So something's kind of made him kind of like snap, like in the moment of this battle, going up. What? What? What the fuck's going on? You know? So it's almost like he's like awakened from, like a dream almost, or he's like you know he's he's almost like being born again because his character's very. I mean, I don't know how old he is. Um, I don't know. No, we like... we don't know how old he is. That's the bottom line. Mm, yeah, we could have a guess, but from the actor, but we we don't know. But you get you get the sense this is his first mission, as well. Yeah, you would think late teens, early twenties. I would guess, but we don't know. Because aren't they aren't they like sort of um, they're not clones or anything like that, are they? Not anymore, no. No. So... I mean, he, he mentioned being stolen from his family, so they obviously still take them young, so that they know no different. Or in some cases they do. Maybe not in all cases. Maybe sometimes they are bred. We just don't know. Yeah, because there's that. Because there is there is a part where he says maybe um, you should consider using a clone army, doesn't he? Kyra yeah. says it to uh, yeah to Hux. Yeah, I mean John Boyega's about well, he would have been about twenty three when this came out, mm. and I I would think the the act the character and actor are both in the same sort of age range I would guess yeah yeah I mean it's again the editing's really nice when he has that moment and it's just kind of there's just that really kind of almost subliminal kind of editing when he's um, just <clears throat> flitting around there was Serena. something about it. it it kind of in, induced a slight um, I don't suffer from claustrophobia but it almost mm. induced a slight claustrophobia in me yeah because yeah. I was because I was desperate for him to get the helmet off. Mm. And I'm not quite sure why that is. And I felt it again tonight watching it. I thought I felt more comfortable once he was able to remove his helmet. Yeah. Well, again, I think that's because she says to him, doesn't she? She says, who gave you permission to remove your helmet? Yeah. And that's that's a very much kind of you're a stormtrooper. You're not an individual. You're a stormtrooper. And again, it's kind of those little details that really help to tell a story. Very much, yeah. Um, and again, in the in the prequels, they would have to stand around and talk to each other about what that meant and why. I I also like the uh, the detail how um, Finn is referenced from the First Order as traitor twice, once from the Stormtrooper and then from Kylo Ren. Yeah, they all kind of like go traitor at him. So it's kind of like a like a sense of 
anger of him breaking free from the pack almost. It's like, you know, you know sort of treacherous kind of thing we shouldn't really get from the Empire. Or the, it was never really addressed. There was never sort of like that kind of mm. rolling it together kind of kind Well, of this, thing. This, this, this is a sect. I mean, the, the yeah. Empire were, were in control. You were by default. Yeah. I mean, Luke wanted to go off to the Academy. That was the Empire. Mm. So in some respects, you joined it willingly. This is a sect. It's, it's a mixture of slave labor, which is what we are getting very strongly. The stormtroopers are here, uh, kind of infantry being, sh- you know, laser fodder. Um, and those that, you know, desperately want to bring a golden age back, they're most akin to something like neo-Nazis, I would say. Yeah. In that they're they're appropriating the, I mean they look like the Empire, uh, and Kylo looks a bit like Darth Vader and stuff like that. They are trying to appropriate what came before, mm. and it's easy to look at that and assume they're as strong as the Empire. And of course they're not. They're still a sort of fairly powerful, but a sect at this stage. You know the the, the New Republic is in place at this point. Um, but yeah, so uh, Poe gets Poe gives the the chip or whatever he's been given, effectively like a USB. Yeah, he, he gives that to um, BB-8 and just tells him to get away. Mm. Um, and Poe is captured. Yeah, because again, yeah, because he he fires because he sees um, Lord Santeca, Max von Sydow, yeah. um, get killed. Yeah, because again, there's, there's there's the moment where it's, it's. I like that they're quite open with kind of giving clues about who Kylo Ren actually is. Yes, um, and I, I knew you, him before he was Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah, and you cannot you cannot deny the truth that is your family. Yeah, um, you're so very right, and just well, it's it the off. fact that the prequels made it blatantly obvious. <clears throat> And then we got a reveal. Oh my God! You know, Sidious is Palpatine, and vice versa. And it was so bloody obvious that it was insulting. Whereas here, if you're that slow on the uptake, and you get you find out Han later saying, I, I, "I've seen our son." Oh my God! That's yeah. it. If you're slow on the uptake, the film doesn't insult you, but it also doesn't assume it can keep it a secret mm. because it, it it you know it will come out in storytelling. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't matter whether you pick up or not. You know, the film doesn't like sort of uh, make it a, a big sort of deal of it. Like, dun dun dun. You know, it doesn't hang everything on it no. like it did Inspector or something. It was, you know, it wasn't like, um, it, it it wasn't like that. It just kind of it sort of just sort of gently gra- gra- brought it in. I mean, I think even like he says to um, Snoke, he even sort of like says it way before uh, Han and Leia meet. So yeah, you, you kind of like get the drift. Yeah. You know, you know, as the film goes on. Yeah. We've had quite a lot of information in about four or five minutes of screen time at this point. Yeah. We have had. And then you see like a literally a whole village of just masks as well. That that's that's one of the things that they just all like sort of group them up and just shoot them. Just yeah. like, fucking this is dark. <laughs> and then they uh, take Oscar Isaac, uh Podam went on. And again there's there's the moment where he arrives on the ship and he kind of he's surprised at the scale. And surprised, uh, 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 it's like a wow when when he when he comes out of the ship, as if as if they don't know. They the, didn't know what, what they were up against. Exactly. And at the same time, BB, we well not at the same time, but BB Eight's gone in the other direction. Mm. So we need to be introduced to Ray at the same time. Mm. Ray is a scavenger. 
and it looks a tough life. Again, in PG-13 terms, because she could be a lot dirtier physically. I don't mean that one. <laughs> <laughs> she could, she could be, the dirty she girl. Could, yeah, she could wear no knickers. No, I mean, she could <laughs> be a lot uh, grubbier, shall we say. And she could be um, in a lot more danger because she's a lone young girl in, in what would be quite a dangerous and cutthroat life. Mm-hmm. But the film does show us it's not an easy life. She yeah. is working herself to the bone in very lonely scenarios. She's on her own all the time, just in order to get enough to eat. Yeah, just to get enough to eat. And we're told what she she gets at the end of that day is a quarter portion. Quarter portion. Uh, She is very independent and capable, though. I mean, that's that's part of the actual character. She's She's clever, she's resourceful, she's independent, she's very capable. Um, And obviously when when she gets on money in Falcon, she knows all about it. I guess she had to be, really. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so. But I think there's, there's almost like uh, kind of got a sense of part of it that she wants to. She likes being on her own. You know, she's like, no, leave me alone. What I'm waiting for my family to she come back. Feel, she doesn't feel too sorry for herself. No, no. But I think you get a feel that she, that she doesn't feel like she has an option, and that she's spent so so much time on her own that she's waiting. She probably, really, probably doesn't want to have, give any have any of the commitments either. Because if yeah. having having had what happened to her. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. I think you know, it's like why build attachment because uh, you know I could I could be going tomorrow. They come back. They could come back tonight or something. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm yeah, kind of like leave me alone. Yeah, but again, it's, it's the production here. The production design is is so amazing. The way, um, obviously going through all that she's scavenging from all these star destroyers and things that are on, on all these ships that are that have just crashed. Again, that kind of gives the idea of this big battle that happened once, and then she's living in an attat, and it's kind of it's seeing what happened. Or just does she live there? I thought that's just what she was scavenging that day. Well, the attat. I thought that was her home. It could be. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. She, yeah, well, she, she was in there when she eats later, wasn't she? Yeah, and she scratches the things on the wall as well. Sorry, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's like kind of like a yeah. how many days she's been there. And the, it's the only because Luke's... she was scavenging there, but that was earlier, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, okay. And the, the Luke Skywalker doll, which is quite a little creepy. Yeah, that's a nice touch, isn't it? So you, you're getting kind of looking at the iconography that we're so used to Atats, X Wing helmets, Star Destroyers. But in a completely new light, as Different kind of remnants entirely. Yeah. Exactly, remnants of this old age. It's almost it's like antique. it was two hundred years ago, not thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're always yeah. kind of antiques now, or mm. things, you know, objects from the past. Well, I think it's more the fact that later on the Jedi are like a legend. Mm, exactly. think, well, it's not yeah. that long ago. No, they're like, are you? But, but yeah, but, but, but yeah. okay, I'm, I'm quite happy to give it that pass. But yeah, we are seeing. The last time we saw a proper attack, it was attacking Hoth. Yeah. Um, and now it, it's there, you know, a, a relic, you know, with sand slowly, you know, it, it, the earth, the earth, it, so to speak, is slowly reclaiming it. It's impotent. Yes. And the empire is impotent and it's gone. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, so it's just, again, I think it's something that's just it doesn't really get mentioned a lot in just kind of film kind of writing in general really um but the the kind of use of production design to to tell the story and it's something Star Wars has always been fairly good at um even in parts of the prequels but certainly in the original trilogy yeah um 
and then uh, and then you've got Poe Dameron showing that he is the uh, um, stereotypical cocky um, starfighter pilot. Um, but you see that he his cockiness doesn't last for long. Uh, no, when he's being interrogated again, yeah. the voice it's kind of creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not imposing in the same way as Vader's. It's a different kind of effect, but I kind it's kind of hypnotic. I kind it is, of yeah. quite like it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's kind of something psychological about it. Whereas, I, 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 if he'd said some more, I was wondering if I could loop an MP3 of it to help me get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I, I find it quite soothing. Yeah. Oh, really? Just, yeah, I don't find it scary. It's soothing. Oh. I, yeah, it, for me, it has the reverse effect. No, I, I, I understand what you mean, especially when he talks to Ray later and, talks, and then he's kind of talking really, almost really softly. Yeah. Um, but, um, That's what you're right. It's distancing because it is processed and so yeah. unemotional and stuff. Yeah. So there is an unsettling element to it, because but it's also has, got this lovely calm air to it that I kind because of because like. he's relaying because he's reeling everything in, reining everything in. I feel like sometimes I mean, it's, it's not a criticism. Um, the delivery of his lines sometimes is so staccato um, that it's pretty. It just resets my edge. I think it's. Just, I find it utterly terrifying. It's a brilliant performance, but for me, it just has the opposite effect. <laughs> well, in all honesty, if we reviewed the Care Bears movie, there'd be something in it that you'd say terrifying was terrifying because <laughs> you say terrifying about something in most reviews. Utterly <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Actually, yeah. isn't, isn't the Care Bears movie actually got quite some terrifying moments? I just if we do Three Men and a Baby, she'd be like terrifying responsibility. No, I just. <laughs> I did see the um, not not the new ponies movie that's just come out, but um, the eighties My Little Ponies movie. So and that's what ponies. I mean. I, I remember there was something about something there's some parts in it that were actually kind of like. Ugh. Well, I I think so. Yeah, I saw like the old like eighties ponies movie again. I'm watching that obviously the first time round, and I was thinking, how was I not terrified by this when I was little? I thought, bloody hell. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you, you realise how like capable you are. You know, it's all, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it was going to happen. We're talking about quite a brutal interrogation scene. We were bound to get onto My Little Pony. Um, <laughs> well, no, you, you mentioned Kevin, obviously, like, obviously growing up as the 80s child. Yeah. Um, obviously, apart from sort of like Ninja Turtles, He-Man, um, all that kind of, you know, Transformers and that kind I, of like can, yeah. side of it as well. Obviously, you had like Care Bears and Ponies and everything. So I had like a... I, I can understand finding his voice unsettling somehow. Yeah, but it but it's a very different effect from Vader's. Yeah, mm. oh yeah, definitely. I think, I think Vader was much more about just straight fear. Yeah, because Vader was was very much. Like, um, tell me, tell me what you know, or I'll choke you. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do a lot of force choking. The way the way his armor was as well, and his voice and everything, everything was fear. It was whereas, all imposing. Yeah, whereas, yeah whereas, imposing. With, with, fear to Kylo, control. It's much more psychological. It's about getting inside your head. Yeah, Quite it's literally. Like, it, it's like sort of like you don't have to tell me. I'll find it. Mm. You know, and, and I'll kind find, of I'll like find it for myself. Yeah, you. it's like you know you can't you can't keep it from me because you like so you don't have to blag. And that's what I kind of. It's all. That's what it's, I kind it's of, all really a front as well, isn't it? Because he doesn't really you know Han says that when you don't need the mask, he really doesn't. Um, it's just literally just because he's emulating his grandfather and just trying to. Um, I prefer him in the mask though. What I really like about it, at least his interrogation is that kind of like complete lack of control for you like you know uh, you know, as someone being interrogated it's like you know it, it you know it's not like a regular torch scene where you are 
have to withstand amount of like certain amount of pain before you give up or 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 pressure before you give give up whatever it is they want. It's like no, you don't have to do anything. Just just sit there. I'll 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 get it out of your head. You know, and it's like almost like you know nothing you can do about it, which mm. is kind of which is kind of like creepy in itself. Cause it's kind of like almost like mind rape <laughs> in a weird way. Well, yeah, yeah. You look, that's you exactly look, what it is. Yeah, you look at the the pain. Poe's obviously in. Yeah, he's, he, he's uh, obviously he's like violently trying to fight what you know whatever, whatever it is that sort of stops him from getting inside. But obviously, it's you know it's too strong for him. Yeah. Mm. And then you kind of it's it's the way it parallels with the meeting up. So you've got Poe and uh, when Finn goes to rescue Poe, and you've got on the same line BB-8 and uh, Ray coming together. Which I love. Did you? Uh, if you didn't know this was a J.J. Abrams film, there's a drop drop reference that he puts in all of his films. His version of "See You Next Wednesday." What well, the she... <laughs> Not that "See You Next." That's "See You Next Tuesday." Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. See you next Wednesday is in every John Landers film. Sorry, yeah. sorry. It's a, so, it's for a, example, in an American Werewolf in London, it's the title of the porn film in the porn cinema that they go in to see. It, it's on the banner there. Uh, with J.J. Abrams, it's a reference to Kelvin because his father's called Kelvin. So, obviously, the Kelvin timeline, he named the Kelvin after his dad. Mm. Uh, in this film, she refers to Don't Go to Kelvin Ridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As she meets BBA, who's basically being picked up by another junker, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That really weird kind of hobby horse kind of. Like a very, very, very like shrunken down cos. It's like it's cosplaying as an at or something. It's, <laughs> uh, it's quite unusual. Yeah. But I like this. It's really pretty. It's just nicely lit. Whenever they've shot this, if, if, if it is indeed all practical, they've just shot it nice times of day and things like that. Yeah, and in the extras, you've got an awful lot of BB-8 being wheeled along by someone dressed in green and things like that. It's really quite cool. Yeah, it's, it's lovely, sweet, sweet scenes, really. Um, and again, it's 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 really easy. Um, it's, it almost seems like effortless that relationship. Um, the, the way the way it um, immediately starts, um, and then having Finn. Rescue, uh, rescue Poe Dameron, um, and then their little action sequence in the Tie Fighter is really fun. Which, of course, is where he gets the name Finn. Yeah, which is brilliant. His name. Yeah, it's brilliant that he meets this guy, and, and the first thing he does is give him a name. Yeah, and he looks really. Meets the guy it, who shot your mate. But it's just, it's just, it's just a lovely moment because it's yeah. not a cheesy reaction. It's not like he gets tearful or something. But he, you can just tell he feels delighted and empowered. Like I've made a friend. No, it's I've more. I've name. got an identity. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. You know, it, well, it's he's all got kinds a serial of number, effectively. Yeah. So I love all that. It's really great. The, and, and the conversation between them as well, which mm. reminded me of some of the zip we had in like Empire and stuff. Yeah. Largely between Han and Carrie Fisher in that, so it was mainly more romantic and sort of screwball. But I got that feeling again, and there was none of that in the prequels. Like I said last week or whenever it was, they used to just stand and stiffly talk at each other. And the, there's none of that. It's got a zip to it again. Yeah, I, I, I like that back and forth when he's like, sort of like, can, can you fly a TIE fighter? It's like, I can fly anything. Really. Like, why are you breaking <laughs> me out? It's like, you need, you, you need a pilot. I need a pilot. 
<laughs> you know, you kind of this kind of like we're gonna do this kind of kind of thing, kind of realization. Yeah. Well, but let's, also let's in go the craft where he's given the name as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and they're actually, you know, they are talking about the scene as well because he's saying like, "Can you see on on my right, your left?" Da 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 da. And it, and it is functional for what we need in the scene, but there's just more to it than that. It, it, it's someone who's actually paid some attention to how people might talk to each other. Yeah, and when he talks about Luke Skywalker as well, and you kind of get an effect from him, and it's like, again, kind of making up Luke Skywalker to kind of to show what he's thought of in this this world that's, that's three decades They're legends after. Now. It, yeah. you know. And it's almost like people of our generation, Charlie. We sort of grew up with that, but it's years ago now. So, yeah. so it's it's almost like it's almost like the fans speaking that they've become larger than life now. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So it's nice to have a little kind of bickering almost um, while he's teaching him to shoot, and uh, and yeah, it's just a really and the really- soundscape as well. Yeah, we've got we've got that soundscape of effects that we, of sound effects, the Ben Burt stuff that we had, you know, from the Empire. Those you know, Tie Fighters and so on. We've got yeah. those sounds back, and they're so important. And then uh, they crash, and as Chris said, it was that was supposed to be his death, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would definitely supposedly. Gonna, it's logically that's where we knew he was going to be written out, and given that was a near death experience, it has to have been there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I can't like yeah. Finn just um, he's having to strip off all the armor because he's. And the other thing is he's he's got a heavy leather coat which he has to shield himself from the sun with. Yeah, it's just a small thing to remind us how hot this place is that Ray is having to work in for hours every day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's basically like in the middle of Sahara, uh, really. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it looks really like a really harsh environment. Hmm. But you know, just a just a bit of a walk, and he just strolls right into Rain BB Eight, like literally like a minute. Well, where were they? I can't remember where they were. Because <coughs> presumably they were heading to sort of find BB Eight anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it just feels like you crash land conveniently, and it's just like, oh, you're actually in the same well, place. Well, I mean, when you go back to the first Star Trek film, the first reboot, and Kirk lands right beside, like, fucking old Spock, you know, and all yeah. the rest of it, then you go, well, that's ridiculous. It's I a know. planet, or at very least a fucking moon. Um, here, they are at least heading back to a specific location. Yeah. They were shot down before they got there. So if anything... <clears throat> There's a bit of realism to it because he's now faced with a walk because they've been blown a bit off course. If anything, I know it's just kind of like a movie thing, kind of that. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying you can actually logic it away quite easily here. Yeah, possibly, possibly. You know, it's just it's just the idea visually of seeing like a plane get shot down looming towards a planet. You're thinking, yeah. uh, how on course would you be logically? I don't know, but you know. I'm being picky here. No, I'm 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 I'm, I'm just shit baller. Just a little bit. Yeah. They headed for the sandy bit. It was all. It will be fine. <laughs> headed for the desert. It'll be alright. Head for the sandy bit. <laughs> it's just more of a comment how like basically like planets in in sci-fi films always tend to be sort of like the size of like towns, pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Basically, yeah. The worst that will happen is you've got a couple of miles to walk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But it could, it could be with all the damage that had been done to the planet from from, from the uh, whatever battle that gone onto it that, that that there is only one area that's actually hospitable yeah. anymore, or it's actually had settlements. 
But anyway. Um, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he turns Yeah, that, that was the one part of the planet where they were filming, so... Yeah, I was going to say, head for the crew. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got location to Jakku, so... Yeah. <laughs> they must know where they were. <laughs> and then he's, he's kind of got there and he just gets some water with that big, massive... What um, is it? Like a pig hog creature? I found creature. this film quite visceral, because I was talking about yeah. how um, earlier on in the film I was desperate for him to get that helmet off because I was almost feeling his claustrophobia. Mm. And then he puts the sort of coat up over him and I'm, I'm almost feeling how hot he is. And when he started drinking from this water, I felt like I could kind of fucking smell it. Do you know what I mean? It looks really gross because it's like the water mixed <laughs> with like sweat, mixed with this creature's drool. Do you know what's in it? You think, ugh, bloody hell. It's, you it's know. been there a while. It's a big it's stagnant, stagnant, it's stagnant and, and not overly clean creatures are drinking out of it. No, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what that creature's called. It, it reminds me a bit of my dog because that's how he drinks a little bit and it goes everywhere. It's called a um, half a boar. Okay. And it's, yeah, that's, again, animatronic, really good animatronics. Mm, yeah, you would never know. Yeah. I, I love, I think this film, there's a lot of returns instead of like, obviously there's CGI used, um, but a lot of like heavy CGI that we've seen in the um, in the episodes one, two and three. Um, but the point is the CG wasn't ready then, Becca. No, I know, but you know what I mean? It's you can do it now. The back point in the is, day. <laughs> we're saying, oh, that's animatronic, not CG. So what we're actually saying, if you think about it, is yeah. they can do it with CG now and they can make it look convincing. Yeah, but the but fact is, a lot of the time they're not. Yeah, and no, I, I like yeah, that. It's going, it's going back to that. But I don't lionise one approach over the other. But it was, having said that, it was a nice surprise to see that. Mm, no, it's really welcome. But I, I do, I, I do love those old school effects, and and for me, that was a really nice touch. Well, that's the first I'd heard of it, and I've watched all the extras, so I'd obviously miss that bit if it's mentioned. I mean, later on when they're attacking and you see one of the pilots it looks like an alien, I thought that was CG and it's not. An awful lot of it is prosthetics and yeah. body suits and things like that. Mm. Simon Pegg's character is. That's the guy giving out the sort of portions of food. to. Yeah. That He's in like a full body suit. Uh, they did all the studio stuff first, which was all the close-up work, because they've got to glue it properly to his face so that he can... Um, you can move around and talk. Yeah. yeah. Whereas when you've got longer distance scenes they don't have to be that precise no but it's a suit in all cases and i thought yeah, it would much. be at least cg enhanced but i don't think it is at all it might no, be i don't know but i don't think it is so yeah ray and finn have met poe is presumed dead uh and we know the first order is looking for bb-8 mm. and they're aware of bb-8 now because they basically got that out of poe's head so that's where we are um, BB-8 sees Finn and goes slightly apeshit because Finn is wearing Poe's jacket. Yeah, yeah. So thinking, he's he's knackered. He comes into the the, uh, the village and goes for this horrible water and then gets beaten up. Which again tells Ray. you how fucked he is because you'd only yeah. drink that water if you were desperate. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's nice again. It's it's Ray's capable with her little staff thing. She's great. She's really, really great. Um, but it, yeah, and, it, and it's, it's nice that the, the, the um, I can run without you holding my hand. Yeah, I loved that moment. I really yeah. did. Um, that was great. 
Well, it just but shows how capable she is, though. I mean, she's like independent. It's like, why, why do I need you to hold my hand? You know, yeah. I can run faster yeah. about it. Snippy. It was. Ju- it came off as like this is a, this is a woman who's had to do everything for herself, yeah. as opposed to. There's no point being made to the audience here about women's rights, particularly. It's just this is a, this is a woman who doesn't really need this guy. Yeah, but it's fitting in her character anyway. It would feel it, it would you you would pick it apart if she was like oh. Fit, you know, thin, you know, it'd be like, hang on, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm so glad having gone with a female lead, they've got it right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because you, you could do, you could throw it in and fuck it up and it sets it back years. So, um, I, I mean, when you think of it, you've got a woman, a, a Hispanic and a black guy. And at no point did I think they were ticking diversity boxes. No. Now they might have been, for all I know, but I never got that feeling. I just felt like they cut, they cast a film, and this is the way it came out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's rare I feel like that. I'm, I'm with Charlie, and I'm with both of you as well. I think we all feel the same way about getting more diversity into these things. But it's a double-edged sword because half the times it feels like they've crammed it in for the sake sometimes of it. it does. Sometimes it kind of looks um, like a boxing exercise, but here yeah, that's not the case it, at all. It, not at all. I th- I, one of the, the biggest strengths of this film and the biggest thing they bequeathed to Ryan uh, Johnson to go forward with is a really strong cast. You do yeah. find that, especially within the sci-fi genre, I find. Um, it's what, pretty, I mean, diversity? You, you, yeah. Well, Star Trek's always been about diversity. Mm. Um, which makes me laugh when people complain you know, about there being a gay couple in Discovery and they claim to have been Star Wars fans for 30 but years. Diversity and infinite combination. Like, really? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Elsa Breeze. Idiots. Yeah. I know. Um, um, yeah. And then you get the name Falcon. Yeah. Which is amazing. Which I thought was quite a nice reveal. Um, yeah. What, what, it's got a, a real crowd pleasing feel. I think like when, when you see it in the cinema. Well, the theme matches it as well. The music matches it as well when it gets revealed. There was the definite like cheer. I think you know it was kind of like it. It. it it's really well. Crafting, you know, you, you sort of you don't really see it coming, or by the time you you think of it, it's literally moments before it actually reveals. You think, hang on, is it? I kind of did because because when she says that line, said no, that one's garbage. I was thinking, wait, wait, is that the Falcon? But it's, but it's um, yeah, but it's pacey as well, so it, it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah, so as you're processing yeah. it, it's like it's literally when as soon as you get it, it's it's there. So it's like it's not like it's. It, and it's kind of satisfying because when we do, if you do process it and you do realise what what's coming, it you know it's kind of like you. Oh, I want it. I want it to be. Yeah. It's such a good setup. I think I'd have spotted it quicker on the page. I think if you'd hand me, handed me the script two or three weeks before it came out, and I'd read it, I'd have got well no before any trailers actually because the Falcons in the trailers, but I would have immediately gone. I think that's. I think we're leading to the Falcon here. Yeah, but it happens so quick in the context of the film that before yeah. I re- before I realise it's in front of me, I think it really really works. It it also adds to the fact that th- this is just such a rough's the wrong word, but it's such a take your own chances environment because you know when you think Han got it gambling, you know, yeah. and there it is, you know, and it's just been sort of you just think how did that get there? There'll be some fucking story here where he's lost it again or it's been stolen or something. And that's kind of what ended up happening. Yeah, and and she says that line as well, saying this has, this ship hasn't flown in years, mm. um, which again um, kind of gives the idea that she's been aboard it, 
or she's had a look at it. So again, it's just those little moments which kind of, um, for me, justify some of the complaints that people have had. Um, obviously, main, mainly because she is a woman. What do you mean in the fact that her own reckless pilot abilities? Uh, there was complaints she was a bit of a Mary Sue, but actually I think the, um, I think the thing is, if you look at Luke, the whole point was, can Luke do it? So I think we, we, it was appropriate we, we saw him discover his skills slowly and not know what the extent of those skills were going to be. I almost find it just as imp- appropriate that she's almost holding back a high skill level, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, she, I mean, for me, because she's, she's been scavenging all these things and kind of you get to, you get to think that um, she is uh, someone who oh, has previously done stuff, previously flown things. She's got her speedo as well, kind of like Luke, but she knows her way around electronics or, or ships and kind of engineering and things like that because of her scavenging and because it has, has obviously been doing that from an early age as well. Well, she instinctively knows how things work and it's yeah. because she's taken them apart. Yeah, exactly. She's been inside the guts, literally, of these things and taken them apart piece by piece. Mm. So she knows exactly how things work. Hence, she immediately knew what was wrong with the... Uh, she could spot flaws in the way um, the Falcon had been patched up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I mean, I understand. I mean, I, I do buy the fact she knows how to fix it because that's what she's been doing all this time, essentially. Um, but my, my my first issue, this is what kind of I, I think, I know it's, it's the thing about the Mary Sue. I mean, that, was, that was mainly brought up by Max Landis, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Back at the time. Um, I, I never really heard of Mary Sue till this film, so, but... My, I've heard the term before. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, I can't really speak to... It's something a, that, that... There's an inherent sexism in it, Chris, because it all, it only ever really gets aimed at female characters. And I don't mean, obviously, because it's Mary Sue, but I, I'm not sure... Is there a male equivalent quite, to it? I'm not sure if there is or there isn't, but it, it's certainly something that, had you had a male character with all of these traits, I, I, could, I don't know that we'd have had the same issues raised. Okay. Mm. I mean, like, it'll be a different reaction, wouldn't it? I think. To, to be honest, I mean, I, I can. I mean, I can't speak for everyone. To be honest, personally, I would. I, if it was a, if it was a main character, I'd I'd still be saying the same thing, pretty much. I mean, everything she does is pretty much unchallenged. Like she, she I mean, fine. We can we can she can fix the Millennium Falcon. I, I I'll buy that. I actually I think that's established. But it's like, oh, Raxley, I'm 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 a really fucking good pilot. I you know it's just uh, okay. That's one thing. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get to the other stuff later on. But it's it's just like the first step of like, what can't you do? You know, I mean, this this might be addressed in the next film. I, well, I think I'd it like is it. going to be because you've seen the trailer, and at the end of the day, this is called the Force Awakens. This is the whole point. Something has awakened. And you and you know it's Ray, and it's essentially Kylo as well. There's something there, but it's like yeah, you see the trailers for the for the Last Jedi as well. That she's obviously got immense power. Hmm. So and for she's me, that, obviously from her yeah. life as a, as a scavenger. You know, for me, that, that, was, that was always kind of how I felt about the whole thing. Is that 
in in the same way that it was kind of guiding Luke in the original trilogy. With Luke being a pilot as well. But even even more powerful and um, just kind of raw, really. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. I mean, I think that's probably where it's going. It's a different context here, Chris, as well, in that, like I was trying to say, and I, I still don't think I've got the words quite right in my head, but I'll have another go. I think when you look at Luke and that trilogy, it's about, it's, it's almost whether he can do it, whether he has that strength, whether he can step up. Yeah. Here, it's been a, it gets established quite reasonably early in the film, certainly you know, an hour or so in it at most, that another of this generation, so Kylo, um, was very strong with the Force and turned. Luke has disappeared and we don't know why. And the Force has come raging into Rey quite strongly. And I think it's a different dynamic from the first trilogy. Mm. And I think it's much more, I think we're give, I think we're encouraged to fear the Force here more than we were in the first trilogy. Yeah. Therefore, the fact she's slightly more powerful with it relative to Luke at the same stage of development is appropriate because, oh, fuck, how is this going to affect her? Yeah, there's a, there's a much more of a mystery around her that even she doesn't even know, which yes. is kind of, which is, which uh, is kind of uh, like so confusing. Could this, go, could this go a bad way? Because the offspring of, of um, Han Solo... And Princess Leia, two both fundamentally decent people, albeit Hannah's a bit of a rogue, but decent people on the side of good have produced somebody that fell to evil. And mm. we don't even know Ray's background. Yeah, because so I, I think I actually think it works for her to be slightly overpowered relative to Luke at the same stage. Yeah, I mean, because Luke, Luke, Luke was in a similar place. Um, but I mean, certainly with Ray, there's kind of there's a much more of a curve as it goes, which again is you get the sense of it awakening as it goes through to the to the end when she finally actually lets go and, and gets the actual concept of the Force and pay and listens as Maz says, just when when it calls out to listen, she does that and then she's able to kind of really take the power in it. Remember as well that Anakin's um, force power first uh, appeared through... Well, first off, he was effectively a mechanic as well. So he was a guy who built things. Ray takes them apart, kind of similar. Also, the first time we see Ray in action, she's flying a, a fairly sizable and unwieldy craft through very tight spaces. Anakin's skills with the force were first revealed through pod racing. In other words, um, that's the first hint she's force sensitive. Actually, so you like being like being force sensitive means you kind of naturally good at these sort of highlights. Well, it's explained it's, in the prequels as yeah. See, yeah. See, okay. The reason, yeah, you can see. I don't know if you're literally seeing it, as in like a premonition, but you're moving before a normal human. A human being has to see something and react. You, you have you have in, you you natural instincts that kind of. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I will say this, you know, it, she is naturally like, surprised, like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I just, you know, it's like she's got that they're, they're both they're both excited once they get out of it. That like kind of, oh, my God, you were Oh, my God, you were yeah. amazing. I can't believe you just did that. Yeah. Um, so there, there is an element of like, oh, my God, like beginner's luck almost. My my main, I'll clarify my issue because it isn't really, you know, I mean, I do agree with you that it probably is all those things. 
Um, it's from a from a story and character perspective. Uh, there isn't really much to go on when she isn't she hasn't had any obstacles really to overcome. Um, that's my own that's my only criticism of this film in itself. Um, but she's had obstacles well, all of her life, and we've we, well, what I will in, say in the context that, of the film, though. John. No, what I will say to that is, um, it is something you have to go away and think about. Everything I just said a couple of minutes ago, whether you agree with it, disagree with it, or think, even think it's complete bollocks, it's something I've come to thinking about it and watching it again. When I first watched it, when she at the very end of the film, skipping forward a bit, when she calls the lightsaber from distance. And she calls it out of snow, which can only remind you of episode five when he's mm-hmm. captured and calls it out of the snow there. Well, he's struggling to do it. And that's further on in the story than Ray is at this point. So relative to Luke, with these trilogies um, rhyming, if you like, she is slightly overpowered relative to Luke at the same stage. But the, sec- but the, the difference is Luke knew very little of the Force when the first film came along at all. Um, and secondly, Race I think, mystery. but I think you've got to, I think you've also got to see it through the prism of what the film's trying to do in that you've already got Kylo, who's that generation comes from good headed to bad. And now you've got Ray having a level of power that almost frightens her. And that's appropriate for where I think this is going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can buy that, but it's it, again, it just, I just feel from a natural stories telling uh, perspective, it isn't, and and yeah, and I'm not aiming it directly at Ray because I've, I've said I, I think it's true for Finn as well. Um, their their arcs aren't fully accomplished. That 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 makes it like a complete that that stops us from being like a complete um, masterpiece almost. Because I think every, almost every other aspect of this film is really great. Um, to be honest it's only an opinion as well Chris I yeah. mean, you could, could disagree with everything I just said I'm not saying you do but you could disagree with all that and just go well no hang on a minute she is kind of overpowered too early and I think it's a defensible point of view but I'm trying to see it in the I'm trying to see it again that you've got Kylo alongside them yeah, yeah definitely. effectively you know and I, I think that's what it is I think yeah. there's more fear of the force in this Luke has even disappeared because of something to do, you know, in the trailers for the new one, it's out of context, I know, but he's talking about the Jedi have to end. Mm. Well, we don't know the context of that yet. But and he's there is scared. But there is a context, there's more fear of the Force in this trilogy. And to fear it, it has to be a very powerful thing. Mm. It, you can't have Ray <laughs> struggling to call something out of a bit of snow and go, oh my God, look at her power. It, it is part of, like, doing the, these kind of, like, ongoing um, saga. That like aren't like sort of part part of a story kind of thing. Yeah. Because like you're always gonna feel that sort of like that missing element that sort of like that well nothing's gonna be nothing's actually resolved at the end of it. He's like we'll have to wait till the next one to get those questions answered. So that is that's that is that's that is the one thing I'm like I'm I'm reserving my judgment to be wrong. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah. And you might turn out to be right. You might you might turn out all the way through the next film, Ray's, Ray's fucking awesome, and we were completely. Mm. You know, well, that yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I personally don't surprised. think they're going to do that, but um, I, I think I think next one's probably going to be better. In a way, she's you know um, it was going to have a more downbeat ending. I think we've all kind of you know well, she'll she she have a hand calf. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, no, she'll have yeah have a limb missing. Yeah, Ray, I am your brother. No. 
join me and together we can rule the galaxy as uh, undisclosed relative <laughs> and undisclosed relative. I am your father's... <laughs> Friend? Roommate. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever that thing in Spaceballs was, I can't remember the quote, but anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, it's only in terms of, like, in, in character. I, I do think those two two characters particularly are ill are kind of ill so they don't really get their satisfying mode within within the context of this film alone. I you know I think she I think she does when she beats Kylo. She does what, Charlie? She gets that's when she gets the, she gets her satisfying moment for me and her defining moment when she beats Kylo because that's when she finally stops thinking about running and Finn, away. Finn fronts him up with a lightsaber as well. Yeah. I know he gets beat, but, but that's to be expected. And he also fights yeah. a stormtrooper earlier on. And it really, I mean, to be honest, it is all about Ray. And again, it's it's kind of Luke's gone. It's been however, it's been thirty years. So Luke's gone off, gone off somewhere after Kylo Ren turns. So you think Kylo's what twenty something? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while. I, I, I mean, we'll assume that with the exception of Poe who's a bit older, they're, they're yeah. all kind of around the same age. And and the act, well, I don't know about Adam Driver, but certainly Finn and, and um, Dave, um, Ray are both played by actors born in the same year. Yeah. So let, let's just assume he's mid-twenties. Yeah. So no, just so kind of when he did his thing and, and turned against Luke, however long that was away, and kind of... So... so, so that's kind of almost like extinguishing of the force, at least the light side of it. So that would have gone out. There's still, whenever the first order came around, and kind of came out and said, "Okay, we're here now to to take over the galaxy and what have you." So again, it's a sense of all these things being kind of dormant. Yeah. But then everything kind of leading up to. But um, what happens next? Oh, yeah, so uh, where are we up to? We're still up to them really meeting. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we just like gone off, no, no, we've gone off. Well, we haven't gone off topic. We've stayed on topic, but the plot hasn't got much further. Where do they go from there? Uh, well, 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 it's just a fast track. Basically, they, uh, they they they've escaped, but there's like poison gas leaking in the Falcon, isn't there? There's one, right. one thing I do love about this film is that it's like two hour, two and a half hours, two hours twenty. A hell of a lot happens. Like I was. I had this other timer on at the bottom whilst I was watching the Blu-ray, and like the first twenty minutes, like bloody hell, it was really, really packed, and it doesn't let up pace for a single second. Yeah, it moves so well. It really does rattle along. None of it drags. Like, well, I, I don't feel it drags anyway. No, you, you're not no, bored once, really. No, I'd agree. I watched it again today. Handles its running time very, very well indeed, mm. and actually, quite a lot happens. I mean, it, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah um, it's, it's a very busy film. So this yeah. is where we uh, we see Han and Chewie. Mm. Yeah, we've we've, we've we've alluded to the little sort of battle on Jaco, but uh, yeah, uh, that, yeah. And also like to very whole... very. I sorry, I loathe to mention this film, but very similar to a long action sequence uh, in Into Darkness. There, there's a sequence in that. Yeah. that's very very like them flying through the guts of the Atta. Uh Well, it's not the Atta, is it? They're flying through a star destroyer. The star destroyer, yeah. yeah. The engines. Yeah, that's right. Um, so anyway, they get up into space and. BB-8 is still very suspicious. They basically want to go and meet up with the Resistance. Assume Finn's going to say where it is, but he doesn't know. <laughs> uh, the chemistry between, like, it's how good uh, John Boyega is. He has chemistry with pretty much everyone on screen. Like, he has chemistry with uh, Daisy really Ridley. Does. He has chemistry with, with a 
the, the CGI droid. He has chemistry with Chewbacca. He has chemistry with Harrison Ford. He's just great in that scene with just BB-8 where it's always like, you know, we we gives him the thumbs up. That was a huge well. laugh in every yeah. screening I went to because I went to two or three. Um, it got a big laugh every time that that BB-8 doing a thumbs up with effectively yeah. a lighter. And also yeah. we slightly established that he's got a crush on her as well. It was pretty clear. But um, so, yeah, they're leaking gas and he's trying to get BB-8 to tell him where, the, where they <laughs> need to go, which I like. <clears throat> and then they run into a ship. And again, <laughs> it's when he's, when he's standing on the on the on the console. Yeah, he's sort of like you sort of hand on the head. Yeah, yeah. He's like, get off me. And then they <laughs> think that's the first order. But um, you think he'd recognise the first order ship? I was wondering, like, is that a first, is that actually a first order ship that's been stolen by Han Solo, or? It's, it's it was giant. It just like, or, or was he just kind of like saw a big shit? Oh, that's the first order. Yeah, I don't know how much they could see, how much he could see really from that point. It's it's big and grey, yeah. so and he's extremely paranoid. Um, that's what it is. He's yeah. going to assume everything's that, isn't he? Yeah. And then it's uh, Han and Chewie. Now I've got mixed feelings about this, and the reason I say it is on the plus side. On the plus side, um, I feared coming back to these characters because everyone wanted Han, Luke and Leia back, particularly during the prequels where there was nothing to match any of them. But I thought it's great in theory till you see them and then suddenly you're seeing characters you love when they're old and things like that. I actually thought it worked really well. The only problem I've got is I find it very sad. It's a bit like you know, go walking into a nightclub when you're a teenager and there's a 50-year-old in there trying to pull. Mm. Um, I, I know there's reasons, and we find out what those reasons are, but I found it disappointing to, to find Han's character development from the first trilogy's fucking disappeared again. And, and he's back to, like, just being a bit of a rogue and smuggling things and ripping people off where he can get away with it. Yeah. I was a little disappointed by that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I must, I must dispute. I kind of, it hit me that I, I, I wasn't that impressed by House of Ford, and it's not that I don't think he's charismatic. I think he is. He clearly wants to be there. He's clearly having fun, but there's something about just like this whole coming back is more of a novelty. It's like, oh, I'm only, only doing it because they said they'd kill me off, you know. And that, that's how it just feels. It just feels like as soon as he's on screen, it's like going to die in the first act on the like, signpost on his head. I just feel, you know, and it just it just feels a little bit more like... Yeah, I mean, I good. knew and I was never upset about it for that reason. A, they have to... They will not be there in seven films' times with these characters, even no. if Carrie Fisher hadn't passed away. So you either have to move on to a new story entirely... Or you have to kill them in universe. Um, not only that, I've known for years he wanted to be killed off at the end of Return of the Jedi, and I think it did leak before I went in. I was pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I, I did know. I did know. I know. I knew. Um, it never particularly upset me, and in fact, a part of me was relieved when he was gone. And I've always loved Han Solo, so I don't. I don't know really what that tells me. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought. Huh, okay, they killed him off. Yeah. Okay. I just thought, you idiot. I think idiot. Well, part of that was might have been because I kind of heard 
before going in. I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I, I, I was confirmed, but I think I knew really that it was... I think out, out of the three principals, he was the most likely to be killed off and also the most likely that you wouldn't want to see for an extended period of time. <clears throat> I guess he was the, the least fitting in terms of coming back to their old age because you have Leia and she's still kind of in her same kind of... Um, Leia's a military figure. Yeah. And prior to that, she was royalty. She she has she's always a been in. She's a leader, exactly that. She's a leader, mm. and Luke is is the touchstone of the Jedi Order now. Yeah. the Jedi faith, the so Jedi religion, and also uh, you can say all you like, but you can retro, you can do the the prequel trilogy and say, well, the whole story is about Darth Vader, but that to me is a That's retrofit. Right. It was always about Luke, mm. and so in some respects. We need Luke here. I don't know that we need him forever, but we need him here. Yeah. Um, Han, I'm all right with people getting older, but but Han, even more than Indy, in fact, a lot more than Indy, is based on a kind of roguish charm. Yeah. That does disappear slightly with age. Yeah. I mean, I I thought Harrison Ford was great. Yeah, Um, I did, but it didn't bother me to kill him. No, I think if they had stretched it out longer, and if or if it, if he'd survived, then it maybe would have been a different story. And then it survived to do what? You've got your three new leads for exactly. Kylo. What are you having him survive to do? He's not a leader. I mean, even if you had Carrie, if Carrie Fisher hadn't passed, and you didn't have her as a central character per se, but she was almost like the Mon Mothma. Yeah. In, in this trilogy, then you go, this, she's kind of this figurehead that's at base and you see her sometimes. Then I can buy that. And Luke is, is, is a perfect MacGuffin for this film because Luke Skywalker defeated the Empire. Um, so if you've got this whole First Order thing, then you, you think the first person you need to go and talk to about that kind of stuff is Luke. Yeah. Um, Han Solo doesn't have that. He's a smuggler. Yeah. And then with the dynamic of, of their son into that as well, then that's yeah. what kind of makes it that he has to die. But, um, yeah, so he gets on and then they... Uh... Oh, well, he's around. Although the one bit of the film that I thought, when we do get the crew from the raid and the whole fucking fighting that fucking weird octopus thing, <laughs> that, that felt like busy work. That yeah, that's, 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 like, the, that's, that's the, the only film. bit of the film that really kind of... Sticks out, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a real fan of that. Section. I think maybe it's like a Scottish accent. Yeah, you know what? Is it just me, or did it feel, suddenly feel like do- an episode of Doctor Who? Han Solo. <laughs> That's how we talk. You're a dead it's the sort of set. It's the sort of set piece you'd have in a Guardians film now. Yeah. Also, I mean, for the diversity, because you've got all these alien languages, but also you've yeah. got people, you know, speaking their natural voices as well. So you've got like obviously English, American, Scots, Welsh, whatever. Yeah. And who the fuck's Ganji Club? I've never heard of them before. <laughs> so yeah, it, you know, it, I mean, it's fine. It just feels very much like it, it is the, the standout scene that's just inserted here to have another action scene, really. But it's like, oh, we got the Falcon back. Okay, let's have another action scene. Uh, the, the Scottish guy just take me out. He just, I, I don't know what it is. Not to be rude to Scottish people, but, uh, but Scottish people ruin every film. <laughs> 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 I friend that Sean Connery. Yeah, pa- par- paraphrasing, Chris. <laughs> paraphrasing. No, 
But you know, but I, I, I don't know. It just does. It's something about it just doesn't fit. Just doesn't fit in that. In 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 this. Just don't like the sequence. It's just yeah. like we got to do something, and I just think you could have lost ten minutes of running time and got on with it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's still to show that hey, there's a there's a there's people out looking for him and looking for the droid as well. So yeah, it's it's, it's all right, and and. The, Individually, there are a couple. There are a couple of nice moments, and there's the line where he says, "You're going to go to light speed um, from the uh, from inside the ship." Is that possible? And he says, "I never answered that question until I've actually done it," <laughs> which is yeah. where, where he was a really nice Very line. in character. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like the, the one bit where Ray does say Finn, and, and she goes, "That was lucky." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I also like uh, just to sort of shout out to the guy, the the guys playing Chewbacca. Mm. I cannot tell which one's in the suit at a given time. You can guess because um, he's more active. Peter Mayhew's no, well Peter Mayhew's knees have gone, so it's a lot of the sort of standing and moving shots. Yeah. So it, so if he's sat in the cockpit, it's Peter Mayhew, but the guy who's playing him now has perfectly mimicked those sort of little head movements, that slightly shaky head tilt, um, that I just wanted to denote that, that the character, whatever happens in the future with Peter Mayhew, if the character survives, he's in good hands. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, Chewie's a badass in this film, by the way. He really is. He's great. He's great. He has some great um, comic we haven't moments seen, as well. We haven't seen a lot of him and Han working together on stuff. No. Because they've always been in service of somebody else. Yeah. We haven't seen them go about their smuggling business. No, so it's nice to kind of see them, you know, on their own team. And I, I like the idea that he kind of sees through Han's bullshit as well. <laughs> well calls him out yeah, he doesn't like, take any Yes, I do, every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, little, that, that reaction where he said about that was, was got another big, big laugh. Yeah. Chewbacca got the second biggest laugh in the film <laughs> after... The three big laughs in the film were that, the lighter from BB-8, and I'd say, and I never liked this line very much, but Han said, I like this, about the crossbow. Yeah. yeah. That got a laugh. But the, yeah, the, the, the biggest laugh was probably Chewbacca. And again, he was on his feet at that point, so it may not have even been Peter Mayhew. Yeah, exactly. So um, the guy playing then, does a great job. And then we get our, our first um, introduction to Snoke. Yeah, now I think we're going to have this debunked by the new film, but I was really hoping Snoke's like three inches tall or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's massive. This is Andy Serkis. You see him on, on, yeah. the, uh, on the set, sat miles away. So they're all looking up at him. Sort of sat up there <laughs> so actually he was set. far away. Yeah, and they have, they have the voice sort of booming through speakers on set, all replaced by ADR afterwards, obviously, or almost obviously. Uh, but yeah, this is this is another Andy Circus creation. Yeah, I, I like I like the setup that he's just on a huge hologram. I, I like that aspect that they're all looking up and he just looks like a fucking giant on this hologram. Um, I suspect he'll be humanoid size. Yeah, no, uh, he is. I mean, I think it's in the trailer. Um, well, he's but, in the trailer, but I don't know if there's anyone in the yeah, shot. Yeah, the, the, I think there the, is, or there was a deleted or. I think I don't know if it was filmed or if it was actually um, storyboarded, but later on in the in Ray's vision, you know when she's in those like sort of like spaceship type corridor, I think she, she she's meant to see like Snoke um, 
like sort of looking down on like a young Kylo, like kind of like almost like influence him. Well, that 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 was like an idea. You can get, there are toys for the Last Jedi at now that show okay. he's a pretty tall guy. He's probably like taller than Chewbacca, I'd say. So kind of like Camino one, can be sort of Camino one size. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of like it's it's. I mean, it's a bit of a callback to Empire and the giant hologram there of uh, of Palpatine. Um, Again, part of the safety first approach. You, you're giving yeah. people. You've got to have confidence in 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 your film being good because the prequels referencing other things just reminded you of better films. Yeah. But this is part of reassuring people. This is still Star Wars. It's different, but it reminds you of stuff you know. Yeah, and uh, I think it's just a scene as well where they put a CGI helmet on Kylo Ren mm. because they shot the scene without a helmet on and then okay. decided um, in in post that uh, he should have it, he should have it on still, which is kind of seamless again, really. But it's quite a dark scene anyway. So I mean, you kind of it's 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 nice the kind of way that you you don't know exactly about Snoke Snoke Snoke. Um, Played by Sean Connery. <laughs> Schnook. Um, about what he actually looks like in detail. Because you kind of get that he's very gnarly and obviously a lot of things have happened to him. What well, got part of the head missing looks like. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know, it, it reminded me of when people have like part of their jaw removed because of like yeah. cancer or something. But yeah, it, it, it was kind of unsettling to look at actually. In a PG thirteen sense, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, but it was just like, yeah, that's not very nice. I mean, I, I don't know, but I was kind of a bit. Oh, that's how he looks like. Okay, um, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe I was expecting like too much, but I just, uh, I just felt it was a bit uninspired. Is his design? Um, but from what I saw the trailer, that brief glimpse we got of him, uh, he does look a lot better. I'd say so. Maybe like when he's out, out outside the hologram. Again, we're we're only um, yeah, we're only seeing it uh, in uh, in hologram form. So, um, but uh, and yeah, so this but this is also a scene as well where he just just kind of casually says, "Your father, Han Solo," and the droid is on board the Millennium Falcon. And again, which is it's quite good to, to just have that straight clarity instead of. Messing around with all the these line things. scans, all right though. It isn't. Remember about your mother and the sand people. It's not, <laughs> it, it's not your father, Han Solo. It actually scans okay. Yeah, I'd actually worry about that on paper if I read it, but it, it's fine in delivery. Mm. And then, and then again, you're going back to myths and legends about Luke, and it's and kind of like you're, you, you're Han Solo. What the smuggler, the general. Yeah. And uh, and then it's kind of like the idea that all these myths were true. Yeah, and it's again, all true, all of it. Yeah, we actually he's he's in the sort of map, isn't he? As he's saying that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a nice shot. Absolutely. And then um, he takes them to uh, to Takodana with uh, with Maz. Um, and again, it's it's really nice. It's a really nice shot, kind of just showing the. The Falcon going in, and uh, and all the green and kind of Ray, Ray is kind of overcome, 
And she says that long as I never knew there was this much green in the entire galaxy or She's never you. seen, but she's literally seen sand. Yeah, again, We yeah. don't it's know everywhere. if she's got any memories pre-being dropped on Jakku, because she's not a baby when that happens. But, yeah, certainly she's been looking at a completely uniform, barren environment for, yeah. for decades. And, um, and again, this is the, uh, the, the cantina in a new form. It is very much. It's the cantina in a new form, and it's vaguely Yoda in a new form as well. Exactly. Although yeah. not inside the Jedi faith. Maz, played by Lupita and Yongo. Yeah. Who and was she has a hard on for Chewie. Uh, Where's my boyfriend? <laughs> I love that. That's almost, that's almost like when you were a kid, though, and one of your mum's friends yeah. says that. And it's almost a little bit. Is it it's embarrassing, just, but also a bit... Yeah, oh. they don't genuinely fancy you. I mean, she might do, who knows? But I think it's... I say that just to kind of pick a It's bit just of a playful thing she's got with him, probably. But she reminds me a little bit of... Like, I don't know, it's, was, just, it's just how she says, like, oh, where's that Wookiee? Is it always if to say, like, I want to <laughs> fuck him with you? <laughs> Possibly. I, I kind of want... I don't know what sort of... She reminds me a little bit almost of, like, Yoda or somebody from that similar kind of creature, because she's, what, like, a thousand yeah. years old or something, so she's been running the watering hole for a thousand years. And she's not, I don't know, she's obviously like force sensitive, although she doesn't use it, uh, but she knows a lot about it. I, was just, I, I like the idea that of the force being there, but this idea that was kind of, the, the, the kind of original films had it and the idea of the force of being this whole living, this whole field, this whole uh, made up of all living things. And then in the, in the prequels, it was kind of, oh, these people are all special because they've got the force. Mm. And there's there's nothing nothing else, but it's got this kind of intermediate thing where they're sensitive to it, they know about it, um, it. but they're not actual Jedi. We get that in Rogue One as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to be you don't have to be a Jedi to have something of the Force about you. And actually, being a Jedi is only one way to interface with the Force. Yeah, it's only one interpretation of the force. I quite like that. Not one interpretation of the force is the force is the force. Yeah, but it, it, it's one worldview reaction to it. Whereas in Rogue One, we'll meet a character yeah. who's got a different way of channeling it. Well, I just like how it's opened yeah. up like the force to people who aren't necessarily Jedi. It's like just because you're kind of like spiritual of the force doesn't mean to say well it's exclusive to Jedi's. You know, you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, when we get to Rogue One, a lot of what he's doing is very similar. I mean, it's it's just not a lightsaber. It's just a different way of fighting. You're still channeling the Force and seeing things before they happen and all the rest of it. But it's just that bit of variety. I like it. And again, it's, it's coming into it as more like a religion than a more But it's also of... more what Yoda should have been. In exactly, the, yeah. In the... Um, all right, she's not a Jedi, or at least at this point, we don't think she is. Well, she isn't. Um, I was just thinking we may find out more next time, but I, I, I can't imagine we're going to find out she's a Jedi because we've got the last Jedi. Yeah. Um, but she that to commune with the Force is not necessarily to respond as a Jedi in terms of lightsabers and all that sort of thing. Yoda, Yoda, Yoda should have been above the fray, and she's kind of above the fray. Yeah, and I, I just also like the Peter and Yonga. I think she's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. she's brilliant, isn't she? 
She was on set, but yeah. off, off, off behind sort of a screen doing mocap. So she was in the scene with people, and they were able to capture a version of it in real time. Um, and I think that's interesting. It, yeah, so she was making all the right movements, and she could see the performances she was playing off. So it works so much better, doesn't it, I think, rather than acting to a tennis ball or something? Generally, although there's a bit of that in this. Yeah, she has a general gravitas and a presence of a, of, of an actress who is probably more um, seasoned. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how she's old she is. She's an old soul. Yeah. She's an old soul. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know how old. Yongo is not that old. No, I mean, I think she's only, what, in her 30s, is she? I don't know, I'm going to look her up now. But, sure you will, Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, you mean, yeah, she's kind of got, um, has that gravitas that she's, you know, done a lot of things before, but she's kind of relatively yeah, new so, to... She's 34. At the time this was released, she was 32. Yeah, so, yeah. so at that age, for someone to come out and, and sort of have a... A presence of 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 someone who's twice her age and who has all the experience in the world, you know, it, it you know it's almost like acting royalty coming on screen or or you know in a manner of speaking. It could have been played by like Dame Maggie Smith, yeah, or something like that. I'm not or saying that would have been right someone... for it, yeah, because it it needs to be a bit more exotic than that, yeah. But in terms of gravity, gravitas, and the age you're trying to evoke in our minds. It could have been like one of those. Mm. I'm glad it wasn't, but it could have been. Finn is found out. Finn, it, Finn admits it, and he wants to yeah. leave as well. He's scared. This is where yeah. we yeah. do we do get some character, Chris. Because no, no, I, I, told, I totally. It's not necessarily the characters; it's the arcs. I'm, I'm okay. No, saying. but I mean, he's, he he does have somewhat of an arc. But anyway, um, they're grass they're grassed up, aren't they? They're grassed up by one of the patrons yeah. in the bar. Um, but in the meantime, she goes down. Does she hearing? <laughs> yes. Now this is the voice. first time I, I she hears a child's voice, which I don't know if that's meant to be her, I'm as in to ev- yeah to evoke yeah a feeling of destiny, like you've been destined. Yeah. To uh, now I know um, when she goes down, she finds the lightsaber. As soon as she touches it, we get this sequence that we can go into. Um, but just skipping to a later part in it, the very last thing is you, I didn't even hear this voice. I kept hearing this was in the film, and I never picked it out until tonight. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Ewan McGregor <laughs> says her name. I think no, it's not. It's, it's, it's um, partly, Ray. isn't it? The- Alec Guinness says Ray. Because th- what they did is they... Well, I thought it was Alec Guinness, but I thought, how could they have done that? Apparently they merged, like they got some lines that he had said previously, yeah. and they merged it so he could say Ray. Okay. So he says Ray, I and then Alec Ewan Guinness, McGregor but I assumed says, it must have been Ewan McGregor. And then Ewan McGregor says, these are your first steps. I think okay. they cut off part of a word he said from the original trilogy, and then yeah. they had uh, Ewan McGregor... Continue on, so it kind of you start with Alan McGuinness and you end with okay. But but either way, Obi Wan. Um, and I did yeah. not pick that out before mm. at all. Mm. I think virtually so, everyone else had. I think I'm in a find of a fucking um, uh, minority there, but I didn't pick it up. Yeah, so that's a popular um, thing for a popular. Uh, explanation for who she is is some people say she's related to Obi-Wan Kenobi 
in some way. Yeah, there could well be that. We'll yeah. see. We'll, see. we'll find I mean, out. That, that, that sequence is amazing. It's just, again, you, you talked about you, earlier, you said about visceral, visceral things. This sequence mm. is that. And again, it's it's kind of going into things we know from a new perspective. I mean, it goes in straight away and you see the, the corridor for Empire Strikes Back and you hear Luke Skywalker. Uh, you, different... you, I'm pretty sure you hear the noise he makes when his hand is cut off. I picked that up tonight. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, and again, it's the first time I've, I've heard it, so um, you hear at one point a scream, and I thought, I think that is Luke when his hand is cut off on Bespin. It, it, it won't surprise me because that was the last time he's at, that he's, lightsaber was in his hand. Yeah, because yeah. don't you yeah. hear, do you hear him say, say no as well from when he said, "I am your father." I didn't pick that up, but it could oh, have okay. been. It could have oh. been. Yeah. The scream's kind of similar, actually. Yeah, in fact, it could have been. Maybe it was the no then. Because because what I took was it was that, but and that kind of bridged it from that sequence that we'd already knew to okay. where she was thrown into what presumably is the Jedi Academy being set upon by Kylo Ren. Is that what that is? I never really picked that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need this in context of the next film, I think. Because there's a sh- there was a shot in the trailer of the next film as well, which is very similar with Luke next to R2. Yeah, see, I saw that. Um, and I know something was going on. I never picked up. It was like whatever Jedi type academy it was. Yeah, because it was the night. There's of a lot Red. to unpick in this. There is oh, a lot absolutely, to unpick yeah. in this. It, I, I was only thinking tonight, I'd like to come back to this when the trilogy is in place. Yeah. Go, well, that was that, and that was clearly that. Um, some of it might be foreshadowing, so they'll shoot full versions of certain bits of this. Yeah. Some of it is clearly looking backwards. And some of it, obviously, is looking forward within this film. Because you've yeah, got you know, the, the forest well, later. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah it so, freaks her the fuck out. She wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, understandably. Yeah. But again, this is kind of another part of her journey where she's obviously being affected by these things. There's obviously something inside her, but she's in total denial because all she wants to do is go back home. Again, she, there's a fear of the force in this Yeah. Time. I think there's, you could say that that is the ultimate thing what's really keeping her in Jakku, why she really wants to go back there, what, why she wants to, to stay and wait, because deep down inside, um, she doesn't want to, deep down inside, she there's no, there's something that she doesn't want to tackle, she doesn't want to take it on, I don't think she knows it, knows it herself, so it's all coming like, it's all coming all out at once, going like, uh, what, what's going on, brother? So, um, and that's actually a word I said. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, she's because there's the, again there's that fear of loss, and this this idea that they will come back for her eventually, which is like the one thing she's always been clinging on to. She's desperate to get back to Jakku earlier in the film as well. So there's also possibly a little element of that as well, that if you take me out in the universe, I'm not going to be there for the return of my family. Yeah. But Maz actually says to her, you know it to be true, they're never coming back. Yeah. So I wonder if Maz knows something as well. 
Possibly. Well, they, 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 he does ask Han, like, Han does seem to be clued, clued into somewhat who she is, a little bit. I don't I don't know, it's very kind of... I, I, no, don't, know. I don't know. Really, I don't know about Han, but but she the way she mentions Luke as well mm. is as, as if she knew him, or as if she had some contact with him. Mm. Yeah. Where she says that was Luke's, and it was his father's before him. Yeah, so, it wasn't like oh, that's a story for another time. How she had developed. Yeah. She says. Yeah. And of course, that was um, the original idea, wasn't it? That it was going to be the lightsaber that was going to be the MacGuffin, mm. right? And there yeah, is a because the original shot was going to be like the hand with the lightsaber drifting in space, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So Ray runs off, followed by BB-8, and yep. then uh, Finn goes off, and then Star Killer bases Star Killing, <laughs> Star Killing across the awesome. universe. Quite well named when you think about it. Be, be, before before we get that, I just want I just want to just quickly mention the uh, interaction that Ray and Finn have because when when Finn's like like sort of trying to convince Ray to come, come with me, no one's ever looked at me the 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 wet the, the moment I saw you, no one's ever looked at me like like you ever did. And I, I, I was thinking what like looking aggressively at you, holding a staff to your face. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, thought, I just thought, I, I thought, hang on, no, he says that line of dialogue. Well, when did they actually meet? They, they met on quite aggressive terms initially. <laughs> True, so, but when they were in the Falcon and stuff and congratulating each other, I know, other I know, kind of, I know. Yeah, but I mean, he, he, yeah. Just, <laughs> but yeah, and then, uh, I just, I just thought yeah, I mentioned so, it because I thought it made me laugh a little bit. But um, Domino Gleason in in full Hitler mode. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it, really, isn't it? It's, Basically, yeah. I, I, I love the way he's just he's shaking with anger. He really is. You can see him like. Argh. It's like yeah. I think this loathsome. I think it's kind of like he he's like the guy who's given like he's been in the he's been on the sidelines and now been given like the, the center stage. One time he's like, right, I'm going to step up now with my big yeah. speech. Because um, I think that's like, really there's like a power struggle between him and uh, Kylo. You know, yeah, he's, abs- absolutely. He's, he's like the military side, and Kylo's obviously like, obviously got the force spiritual side, so he's kind of like in charge. Kind of like the talking side it's, to, it's like, to Vader, but not not it's, quite it's like, on the same level. They're like two kids as well with Snoke. Mm. Trying to, Who's trying the, to, which, which one's the favorite? Trying to... Yeah, curry favorite with with yeah. with the parent. Yeah, who's who's the more um, competent? Who, who can get more brownie points? Yeah, that's so then they. Again, I, I kind of, I guess, it, I don't know if, I guess, I guess it could have needed to this way, but I know a lot of people were confused that thinking this was Coruscant. And I think yeah. I was at first. I, I thought it was, but it's never really, I don't, is it established? Because like maybe it's something I just keep missing. They, it's not they very... definitely mention it. What, Jakku? The Hosnian system. Oh, sorry, Coruscant, sorry. Uh, yeah, um, they say at one point... During his speech, he talks about the Republic and how in a in a distant star system a long way from here, it's doing whatever. Yeah. So if the new Republic has been set up um, on Coruscant, then that establishes we're a long way from it. We are certainly a long way from the seat of government. So, yeah, it's not Coruscant. No. So what, it's but just like it's, a random planet? But it, 
But well, it's not or named planets. within the film. So it's backstory, extended universe, and also the implication of what uh, the character says in his speech on the assumption that the center of government is still in Coruscant. Okay. If that's the case, we are definitely a long way from it. But that makes that assumption. But I think in novelizations and all that, we're told it's something different. Yeah, I, th- I think because it's called the Hosnian system. But yeah. I, I was... I thought there was a line somewhere um, where it kind of vaguely mentioned it, like about what happened to the Hosnian system or something like that. Right. But um, but it is anyway. It's blow. It can basically blow up a whole system. Yeah. And it's within sight of um, yeah, where where they all are, so they all get to see it. Yeah. And then they're under attack. Um, and Finn fights a stormtrooper, and. You know, and it's just a little bit of a battle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he, he, again, he's given a light, he's given the lightsaber to uh, to defend himself, and he does pretty badly, to be honest with you. Well, he has a go. Especially with his traitor. I mean, they, they've, they've kind of, like, the uh, promotion for this film kind of, like, um, Mis- mis- misdirected the whole thing. sort of like, oh, Finn's going to be the Jedi because the whole idea of him, maybe the Force was the thing that awoke him um, from from his Stormtrooper ways. Kind of like, well, where am I? Maybe it did. Well, yeah, yeah it could be. Incredibly, during this film, there are degrees of Force sensitivity if we yeah. take all of the films as canon. There's nothing to say he's not Force sensitive too. Just occurred to me during this fight because he fights twice with the lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, the first time he kind of gets away with it and sort of wins, sort of. Uh, but the second, the second time he gets beat, but he gets beat by like the lead villain in the film. Yeah. So um, no disgrace in that. He's not completely unlacking in any ability. When you think about it, you think about the last time like a main character who wasn't a Jedi handled a lightsaber. Uh, Han used it to open up the Tauntaun. Mm. And he might as well have been holding something alien. It, he, he didn't look comfortable with it yeah. at all. Finn looks relatively comfortable holding it. I guess because he's had, he's in, maybe because he had had... He's had combat training of some yeah, yeah. Those The things they were using in... Yeah. I don't necessarily think he is, but it's not definitely written off that he could be force sensitive himself to some degree. Yeah. And plus, he's and, got uh, suit. Uh, you know, he feels a lot more comfortable with a blaster. You know, when as soon as he gets his gun, he's like, "Oh, yeah. I can use this." Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's I quite like the the way the um, Poe is is reintroduced, and the uh, all the X wings kind of coming over the lake. What a guy. <laughs> He's yeah. a bit from my styley. How his highlights done? Look <laughs> me a clipper. <laughs> this is the bit where he, where he does that. There's that sort of like, um, there's that shot that just follows him, and he just sort of like just takes yeah. out like a few uh, um, tie fighters, just like in his, doing like ridiculous, doing some sort of ridiculous maneuver, and Finn just sort of go. No, that's that's quite that's quite a good pilot or whatever. I I I always just feel like it. I I want him to say, "What a guy!" I'll be on Jakku covered in taramasalata. I'm strictly butter side up. 
So yeah, they, they they basically saved their bacon. The the resistance turning up. Yeah, and, but Kylo Ren goes after Ray. Yeah, and again this yes yeah, so. And he gets her this time. Yeah. Well, they're all captured, aren't they? Pretty no, no, Ray's captured. I mean, they they. Um... Oh Han. no! Yeah, Han was until yeah. Sorry. Until yeah, they got saved by Poe yeah, 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 yeah. Um Yeah. yeah. Ky- Kylo decides. Oh well, I've got the girl. I can I can find the I can find the info I need from her. I don't. I don't we, we don't need to. Mm. Yeah. And then goes off. And then I like how upset Finn is that Ray's been taken. And I imagine yeah. feels a bit of personal responsibility. I know when well. he goes steaming towards it, and the, the first thing I thought watching it, not not that I thought it was inappropriate, but what's he going to do if he gets there in time? Yeah. He's now completely outgunned, which yeah. just shows you he's he's running on emotion entirely. Yeah, which is something which... incredibly lacking from the last. Films. I know. <laughs> what emotion? Uh, and, then we, and then we get reintroduced to Princess Leia. Yeah. Now. <clears throat> Carrie Fisher hadn't acted in a lot of years mm. and I think it shows in some scenes now she has relative she had some health problems obviously um, I don't know if she'd had some work on her mouth or something I, I, this is an awkward subject because she passed but she's passed since but did Carrie Fisher look slightly odd to any of you in this film a little bit not to be honest. No, nothing pejorative. Nothing. I think, having I a think you're right about her mouth. I think maybe you had had some work something done there. Not, yeah, something's Somewhere. not quite I'm gone. Bit right. up here and there, but I think both her I, and um, I, Mark Hubble had been on kind of a you know, diet exercise, things like that. Yeah, she did. Um, um, she did. Um, but I remember being visibly and noticeably shocked when I first saw her. Mm. So I, don't, I didn't remember her from any of the trailers or may have been sort of relatively still shots. So it was the first decent chunk of time seeing her in action. And I was I'm seeing her in lots of um, interviews and that as well. She kind of did look a little bit different. Well, so I, I, um, I, I, I followed her, her dog Gary on social time. media and so followed Carrie as well. Um, I hadn't seen any of that. Yeah, she did look a little bit different. Starts, but, oh well. When she starts acting in the film, I just thought something's not right. And the longer I watched her, the more that sort of dissipated. Yeah. But certainly in that first scene, it was like, oh, God, she really doesn't look well. I know what you mean. I think I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is age. Um, I I think had had we not had this huge gap and maybe had a few films between that and see some sort of ageing happen progressively... It wouldn't come up, come across as as off putting as it does, but yeah, that's what I think it is. I think it's because because we such had such a long gap since Return of the Jedi that um, she's changed dramatically. Yeah, it's just like mm. well, yeah, it's it just it just that it's. I think it's that that just feels well match. Had we seen her in like some sort of stage in between that? Yeah. Or some I mean, sort... it wasn't that she was the pretty young princess anymore. It's none of that, and I, I know, don't I know, mean I know to be mean. nasty. Just something wasn't quite something wasn't quite right. And had you said to me after the first film she won't appear again, and I don't mean through the reasons that had happened, I'd have been okay because she didn't look quite right in that film anyway. Um, obviously, that's all been turned on it on its head now because she's passed, and now I. Uh, you know, counterintuitively, I really miss her now. It doesn't help 
that Harrison Ford ages quite well. Yeah, I mean, it's not that she's not a looker or anything yeah. like that. It's just something about her mouth and, and visibly a slight nerves that I think I can see unsettles me slightly. But then she hadn't acted in a very long time, whereas um, uh, Harrison Ford has kept himself busy. Yeah. You know, maybe not as much as he once was, but Harrison Ford's still a busy working actor. She wasn't at this stage. But we also get, like, the introductions of 3PO and probably my favourite 3PO scene. What, where he's just stood right between them and totally yeah. not clued in. Yeah, just, yeah. just sort of like, a, oh, Han Solo. It's like, oh, sorry, I was in a moment. You I may not recognise me because <laughs> of my red arm. <laughs> <laughs> Only time I found him funny. Yeah. I didn't know who he was until he said he was 3PO and the other <laughs> red arm. Well, you know, they, these 3P, there's, uh, 3PO units always look alike, don't they? Very <laughs> I thought Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford kind of slipped into their roles pretty well with each other, and that was really nice to, uh, to Having see. Having said what I've just said, their interplay is still really good. Yeah. These two had it. They just did. And then So then they go uh, back to their base system and, uh, and then discuss what to do with the giant. This is the Death Star. This is Starkiller Base. Yeah, I like how um, the film goes meta. We're basically sort of like, so it's bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, meanwhile, Ray is being uh, interrogated by Kylo Ren, and it's, and it's the first time we actually see him without the helmet. I suppose one one thing we haven't discussed is his little talk with Darth Vader. Or Darth Vader's helmet, yeah. more accurately. Yeah. I will finish what you started. But he talks about his insecurities. He talks yeah. about you know, the, the light, light side calls to calls to me. Hmm. Um, in his upside-down world, that's that's wrong, you know? It, he's being dragged away from, from what he would he's considering the right path. So, yeah, I kind of like that scene. Again, I'm the same as with the, with, with the lightsaber. I was like, where did you get that then? <laughs> but um, well, then, probably uh, threw down to uh, Endor and. <laughs> Sorry, which lightsaber? Luke's lightsaber. It's like we don't know where that kept. We don't know oh, how she got hold of it. Same. Pr- I'm just saying, both yeah. that and the helmet. It's like, well, it's always that tension between not knowing enough and not knowing too much. Yeah. Um, perhaps we don't need to know, but I am curious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, eventually the, the gist is they've got to, they, they end up, Han ends up going with Finn to Starkiller base. Mm. Uh, Finn goes cause he says he can get like the shield down, is it or something? Yeah. 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 Uh, which turns out to be rubbish. What does, where does Ray, Ray, Ray's there obviously. Yeah. So Ray starts turning everything back on Kylo. Yeah. Cause he's doing his thing. And I'm guessing he because he talks about the island, so I'm guessing that's Luke's island. Yeah. So it's obviously vision she's had herself. If you can pick that up from my mind, which again is showing where she's all interconnected with the force, and then she and then she starts right, she starts reading his mind, and pushes it back on him, and that kind of shocks him because 
he's never had anyone do it. I'm guessing he's never had anyone do that to him before. Well, the only one who would have been as strong with the Force would have been Luke, because yeah. Luke was trained in a new generation. Mm. And it's certainly implied, if not said outright, that Kylo was the most talented pupil, yeah. which is quite possible because he's got the Skywalker bloodline. Exactly. Ray will have been a shock to him. Um, and given the Jedi are kind of a myth by this point, yeah, it's almost like there aren't even people that are incidentally like um, strong with the Force. So he won't have encountered this at all. And it does kind of unsettle him. She's also um, guarded by James Bond. <laughs> yes. yes, she is. This, for me, is the best scene in the film. <laughs> well, not, not really. Not really. There are better scenes. I, w- I just wish they'd been one with a stormtrooper with an arched eyebrow. That would have been so much Rog. fun. That would have been amazing. When they opened that new Roger Moore stage at Pinewood, I really wanted them to have an arch off to one side. <laughs> yeah, literally above, like, where it says Roger Moore. Literally yeah, because it's Roger Moore, just like yeah, a, a little arch on the roof off to one side. That would have been amazing. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so um, Daniel Craig is the stormtrooper that's guarding her that she might Jedi mind tricks into releasing her. Yeah. I recognise the voice. I recognise the walk more than I recognise the voice, actually. Um, yeah, but he, when he walks off and drops the gun, that's very, very Daniel. That is, yeah, you know it's him, definitely. Yeah. So. Um, and I'm dropping the gun. Yeah, but, and I'm going to drop the gun. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's another one of them, them things where that all of a sudden she's master at, uh, at what, what it's called, force. Jedi mind trick. trick. That's the one, yeah. But she's yeah. not. It takes her a while to get it. And again, you get... I, for me, I get the sense that she is, and and he said, and he says he says she's testing out her powers. Her powers are growing mm. now, and um, so I guess for me, she's she's kind of pulling. And it's it's it, I'm guessing. Well, for me, again, again, this is something that could be acted in the next film. I don't know, but it feels like there's something there. Um, it's like auto memory. Yeah, like she's been trained to some degree, and. For whatever reason, she's been kind of yeah. wiped, so she can't remember much other than Jakku, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that that's what I think as well. It's going to be like the Winter Soldier. There'll be a sequence of words in the next film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taunter, yeah. Um So she's get she yeah she she gets free, meets up with Finn. Meet yeah, they're going to break her out and they see her like sort of doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> And they and they they do Captain Phasma. Oh yeah, Phasma's amazing. We haven't about... spoken about her. Well, yeah. she's uh, not really used much in this. Yeah, another another one where see much from her. It's, it's the voice. It's the voice again. I mean, partly yeah. it's the chrome outfit, but yeah. again, it is slightly processed. But you recognise the actress's voice, and because you of the is process, she silver? We've not seen that before. Great voice, I love it. But yeah, I mean, I can't wank off about the character. They don't use her. Not really. No, it's such a shame. She, she, she's a bit kind of like intimidating <laughs> to John Boyega at the start of the film. Yeah. And then at this point, she's she rolls over quite easily. So in all honesty, I, I, I don't mean to be rude, Becca, but I disagree. She's not amazing. She's a wasted opportunity. She could be amazing, but we know she's in the next one. So let's see. It's purely think, because she's silver. I just think that's really cool. I think she's maybe like a Boba Fett type. Maybe. I don't know. I, think, I mean... Because I agree that technically there is a waste there, but I'm not sure where she could have 
really been put in. Well, not anymore. in the not in the film as it is and as exactly, structured. yeah, yeah. But obviously, it's another example where there was a little bit of a hype under her and that character. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's an interesting character in look, obviously as well. And then Got you an get to the film, well. um, and past the first sort of scene, there's not a huge amount of her. No, and it is a bit of a shame. But she's in the next one. Yeah. So let's see. She certainly looks like she's doing more. Uh... Yes. I think her and Finn have a bit of a fight in the next one. They yeah, have a, a stick trailer. fight. And then, yeah, so, so Finn's quite ecstatic about being in charge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in charge now, Phasma. I'm in charge. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like how he's actually quite. I don't mean this to sound negative, but it's kind of endearing. He's quite immature. You know, because he, he's, he, he's almost like. He's almost. He's never made his own decision. He's never made his own decisions in life. Well, yeah, because he's he's still kind of like li- living life, so he's almost like in early development of himself, really. So yeah. I kind of like those kind of like the basic necessity of fear, and and then being excited about having the upper hand. It's like, oh, good. Um, but it's like you know, Panas Tom to tone down. Talking to, the, talking to the next film for a minute. How fucking cool is the last elite, uh, the last Jedi elite guard? I know, yeah. They look really samurai. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Speaking anyway. of uh, future Star Wars, I have breaking news. When, okay. Uh, when Johnson, uh, uh, who's the director? Is it uh, Ryan is Johnson? Ryan Johnson. Is this what Dave sent to us about an hour ago. Oh, I did. I did miss it. I'm sorry. No, sorry. Oh, right. I, thought was just, I thought he was just trying to claim it. I thought he no, 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 no. I, 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 I literally just came up like looking at my phone, going, "Oh, what's this?" And like looked at you, so I didn't. I missed it. But so it's yeah. gone, Dave. Non Skywalker trilogy. He's going to be creating, and he's also going to have input into a TV series, a live action TV series, which is going to go on the new Disney streaming service. Fine. Because they're pulling yeah. all the Marvel stuff off onto their Milk own that screen. Cow. Well, Milk that cow. I'm guessing they're happy with The Last Jedi then. So we're going yeah, to have like a, studio, with... uh, a streaming service for every studio. They should have a streaming service for every program. It costs £1,700 <laughs> a month. Bloody hell, it's going that way, isn't it? Because I think. To be honest, I would expect. Yeah, but I mean, you know, at the moment in this country, I mean, I know it's slightly different in the United States because you've got CBS All Access and Hulu and all the rest of it. But I mean, here you're still looking at Amazon Prime, Netflix. Yeah, so here you're looking at Amazon Prime and Netflix outside Mm. of outside of cable offerings, and if you add Disney to that, so so be it. It's not like they're short of content. No. so yeah, I mean, I don't want a streaming service for every um, every yeah. show. But if there was a company out there that could justify having a fucking streaming service, Disney's one of them. Yeah. So fair, fair play. If it's another ten or a month on top, that's fine. But, um, but the good thing uh, yeah, about so streaming that... services is you could literally just like do one month from one and then switch another. Yeah, of course you can. If, if you know, if you can well, be that bothered, but if it was a particular but... series you liked. Yeah, on Netflix. Say you only liked Narcos or something, um, you just buy it when it's there, if you wanted. But I tend to leave it running now. But yeah, yeah no, that's the breaking news at the moment. Um, so yeah, they're on Star Killer Base, and Finn and Ray are back together. Um, we must be getting to the point where Han happens across Kyla. Yeah, because yeah. he's made a promise to uh, Leah to. Bring, bring him back, bring back their son, which is basically death yeah. sentence. Um, 
Yeah, so they make. Well, they take because they should have threatened to cut off his pocket money. (laughs) That would have brought him into line. They start. They start the attack, don't they, with the X wings? But they. uh, Which is the damp squib. That's the one bit of the film where I think the copying of episode four doesn't really work because they head into that kind of trench thing. Yeah, it feels like it's over in seconds. There's no challenge there. It's something that just has to be done. Yeah, there's a little bit of um, Jedi as well. With like, I'm waiting for them to open up the the access so they can actually destroy it. Yeah, so because because he realizes that they can't get in there, so they go back in there and go to blow it up, and that's where he meets Ben. This seemed to traumatize my screenings. <laughs> not not with me, but the audience I watched this with were audibly Did it go gasp. There was a bit of a gasp, but you know when you got that slightly unsettled, everyone feels a bit queasy, yeah. and you can almost feel it in the air. I don't know how much of that is did, like did, senses did we have do we like don't a understand. No, it's there. It was there in the air that you know Han Solo had been killed. Yeah. Like shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I was really, I was really surprised by that. Just I mean, I kind of knew somebody was going to come. In. It may was very likely be Han, but I was still like, oh. <laughs> A little bit. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Mm. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. I kind of, I'd say try to avoid any spoilers as much as I could, I guess. Apart from Daniel Craig being in it. Uh, and, yeah, I was still like, oh, okay. I think it's, it's nice to see so much kind of depth in Kylo. And to, to see that kind of thing played out with a villain. It was almost at this point you could almost feel he, he wanted a cuddle from his dad. Yeah. Almost. And that kind of touched it something in me. So I, I think found it all that Kylo more than serves Han. What's that? I think Sorry? I think it serves Kylo characters um, as opposed to Han. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I think I, this scene does generally. I mean, but the people I were watching it with were were, were traumatized. Han Solo had clearly just been killed. I was more upset by. Ben yeah. interacting with his father. Now that might say me more about me, my history, my life. I don't know, but that's what I responded to. Because that, I think that's what the film. I yeah, I want to say that that's what the film goes for. Although at least that's what the, the story establishes. Because I don't think there's much earned in terms of Han's death, really. So I think in terms of for. For for Ben's character or Kylo's character, you know, it, it, it it's more you 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 relate to that because there's so much more invested in that rather than like Han just showing up and then just getting killed really because there's not much he's a, there's not much for his character to really do really he's just really kind of like just been involved been along for the ride so to speak. But you, but, but you can sense the regret from him. Yeah. For not being there. Yeah, yeah definitely. And that and there's there's almost a kind of him playing that part in him um, especially since he was reluctant to even try and bring him back when Leia was asking mm. um, so it's kind of him owning up to himself and recognising yeah. that he had not done been a, the father he should have been and that coupled with Kylo is, uh, is uh, yeah I found really powerful um, so we're getting towards the end now, aren't we? Really, the planet's under attack, or the the star base is under attack. Yeah, Chewie goes goes into badass mode and just 
got as soon as Hans dies and just starts shooting the shit off everyone. And then and then and then it's just a little touch like you just sort of just casually just starts running along and then just presses the detonators. But the planet is um the planet is obviously now um unstable and starting to come apart. Mm. Which meant when Kylo and uh, Ray had a fight later, I was expecting, I have had enough of you! <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just kept getting that in my head. But uh, yeah, we, we effectively, Kylo sort of happens you upon, killed upon them in the woods. He's injured. He's injured by Chewie, I think, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, and he keeps knocking that wound almost to like almost motivate himself, mm. power himself up. Oh, yeah. He slashes away. He has a bit of a fight with Finn to start with, and ends up sort of slashing him across the back. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, it's, it's kind of cool when he uses his the guard. Yeah, on his shoulder. Yeah. And, and, uh, played that really well because that that scream sort of grew. It's really as painful. the pain was growing. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the lightsaber gets knocked into the snow, and it gets called to, to Ray. Yes. Yeah, and, and this is kind of what I mean by Finn, really. I think Finn gets kind of underserved. Uh, I, I, I think it's not that he doesn't have an arc, he does. It, it's just the fact he never got his big moment. I, I, that, that's that's what I meant by it, really. He never got I his big... I think his big moment was meant to be the first time he switched it on in the previous action scene. Yeah. I, I, I kind of take your point. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it just I, I think it had... I mean, I, I am spitballing in an alternate film, but had it been in like the whole the whole sequence with the uh, lightsaber in the snow, and and I had like Mark Hamill of uh, a thought when he read it, I thought I thought it was going to be me. What? Then that so you think what a fucking entrance. Um, I would I would have thought it would might have been better had uh, Ray fought him first, got knocked out, and then Finn came to came to the rescue. Would have been a better way to do all that, and then I'd do the same thing, but have Luke. But then I'm spitballing in a in a completely alternate fantasy land now. But we have what we have. <laughs> yeah, because so, I mean, I I understand people's kind of thoughts about, it, but at the end of the day, he's not the main character. He is one of these new principal characters, but Ray is the through line here. Ray, Ray is picking up from Luke, literally. Um, so then, and and again, Kylo ticks her ass for a fair bit mm. until she realizes what she needs to do. Yeah, he mentions he, he mentions the Force, and she goes, "Ah, oh, the Force, yeah, yeah." It's not that she's not aware of the Force; it's that she's got to let go. Yeah, and I keep coming back to this theme: she's got a lot of fear about the Force in her, mm. and I think we're going to find Luke has that too. So I think that that that's. It explains a lot once you yeah. realise that. I mean, it's 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 not much different to Luke turning off his targeting computer and trusting to the force. And trusting the force, but there wasn't the same dimension of fear there. No, uh, but you're right; it does rhyme with that entirely. The moment mm. where they suddenly realise I have to trust in the force. Yeah, and then it's that I was so happy at that moment when she kicked his ass. It was brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad he's still alive to sort of go again, though. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Definitely. Um, but I think we've got really four strong leads here. And that that's pretty much it, isn't it? Um, in terms of, I mean, obviously, we've got a little bit more to come. But that's, yeah. that's it for Starkiller base, really. It's blowing. Yeah. She beats Kylo. I mean, she everyone has a, has a chance to evacuate. Finn. Finn, Finn is injured, but he's alive. They get him out of there. 
Um, Poe has, has managed to sort of start off the chain reaction and get out of there a la episode four. Um, and so they head back to base, basically. And of course, obviously, Leia realizes Han isn't with them. I think she probably would have known anyway, being four I, I, I think I think we've got yeah. a cut of a spike four cents in it as soon as that happens. Yeah, yes, yeah. And yeah, the, then the, they obviously are now able to put the whole map together. Yeah. So you know, Luke's. Um, I like the shot of BB 8 going up to R2 D2. Yeah. That's really cool. Relative sizes, though, as well. BB 8's so little. And so, and yeah, so they, much head off, <laughs> they head off to find Luke. And and would you would you believe it? He's on Blooming Island. A very small one. There ain't a lot to do on that little one. He might have an underground bit. I don't know. Where is it? Is um, it somewhere near New Zealand was, or Ireland? Or? Ireland. I think it's Ireland. Island, yeah. Yeah. Skellig. Yeah. It is. Yeah. This was a reshoot actually because they did it originally with BB-8, and then they decided no Luke would Luke's droid would be there. So R2-D2 was, yeah. Yeah, was comped in. I don't know if it was a reshoot or a CG thing, but they comped him in anyway. Um, and that, that's it. She, has, she offers Luke his lightsaber. He, he says nothing. We get a sweeping shot that I don't like, and credits. You not like that? I don't like that sweeping shot. It just felt a little bit out of place. I can't really okay. describe it. Once you start seeing enough Star Wars films, occasionally you get a shot, you go, that just doesn't feel right. And that that sweeping shot didn't feel right to me. Mm. Yeah, it's not the fact that it's not the fact that it's a, it's a sweeping shot. It's the fact that it's on like Craggy Island, isn't it? I don't the know. Craggy I think it might. I don't know. I don't hate it. It's not yeah. a problem. It's not. I guess off. I for fuck's sake, why has he done that? I, just, I, I saw it as a new addition rather than. But I, but I realise what you mean because it's yeah. It's it's not. It's not. It's not a developed enough thought to mm. sit here and slag it off in any kind of coherent way. Nor is it hatred. It, it's just one of those things where I went, oh, I don't really like that shot. And it's nothing more developed than that. No. Um, you can't put your finger on it, but... But I, I'm really happy with the film. It's not a yeah. big deal. And then it's over and you're like, fuck, how many years till The Last Jedi? <laughs> a lot less than we used to get. Well, less than we used to have. Yeah. yeah. It used to be three, and, isn't it? And, so. Used to be three years. Now it it's... does mean this world will be over sooner. Yeah. Particularly if we're getting a trilogy that's unrelated, so well, yeah, yeah so we may genuinely the... not be going sequentially on to like you know episode ten and so on. Yeah, um, I think we probably will because yeah. I, I don't know how many. Well, they may come back to it later. Yeah, what you may find is they may do another trilogy with anthologies and come back to these this group. Yeah, when they're like ten years further on. Uh, that's what I would be tempted to do. Yeah. Because there's always been time delays between each trilogy in terms of their setting. So you don't really want... Do you want a new trilogy starting two years after the last one, chronologically in the universe? I mean... Yeah. So it kind of makes a bit of sense. Yeah. But yeah, final thoughts, folks? Yeah, no, it's... it's yeah, lovely to be back in this universe again. Um, J.D. Abrams is entirely the correct person to do it. It's, it's great to kind of like be home, as it were, to, to paraphrase the film. Um, great performances, great action. Um, the runtime is re- managed really well. Doesn't really drag. Um, a few missteps here and there again with the Rathtar creature on the Millennium Falcon, just for the sake of an action scene. Um, brilliant cameos. Yeah, this is probably 2015's best Star Wars movie. Only Star Wars movie. Um, and also set things up the best Star Wars movie of of 2015. Oh, <laughs> that year. <laughs> um, no, it's, you know the, the time is, is is right for the series to come back. Definitely. 
Um, and again, it's, it's a universe that kind of looks looks worn, looks lived in. Great performances all round, brilliant breakout performance uh, for Daisy Ridley. Um, all the cast work well together. It's great to see like the old gang, as it were, um, and exploring things. You know, now the Jedi scene as a legend. Yeah, I love this movie really. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'll I'll, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I don't mean to be moaning, Minnie, about about it. You know, but you know me, I always like pick apart like uh, the good stuff because. Uh, I want it to be better, <laughs> so I want I want it to be sort of ne- like pretty much masterpiece or almost. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's not much I can really say. It's already been said. It's very well directed, it's very entertaining, very pacey, so easily watchable. Really, really good new leads. I'm exciting. I'm exciting. I'm excited for. Uh, oh no, you are exciting, Chris. Oh, thank you. I am exciting. Um, I'm excited <laughs> for the next film. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to where it might go. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm no, I'm no doubt I'll probably be like proved wrong. Be like Chris, shut the fuck up. But the only other negative I would say, and it's only just it's more of an inkling, more than anything. It's not really a major criticism. It's not something I can really fault. Really, I do think there's without George Lucas, there is a, a little bit of a of a certain DNA missing. And I do worry that we might be facing like an oversaturation of the franchise. But as we stand now, um, it's in very solid safe hands. And I'm looking forward to the next one. I don't really... Um, I mean, I don't know. When you make a film in 2015, no matter how much you try to make it look like something made 40 years before, it's not going to quite. Uh, as much as as J.J. Abrams is a very, very talented mimic... Uh, to me, it feels like Star Wars. Now, most of the prequels didn't. Now, what constitutes what is Star Wars? Well, whatever the creators say, to be honest with you. So if George Lucas puts out episode three and says this is Star Wars, then it is. But there's no doubt that I think we look at the first three and say, and you say, well, it's missing a bit of that DNA. It's not missing George Lucas. George Lucas had three goes at like following up that original trilogy and they look terrible and they've dated terribly. For the most part, there are exceptions we talked about at the time. So I'm I'm much more happier. I'm much happier with the look and feel here, to be quite honest with you, because I cannot stress enough. The prequels have not dated well because there's just an oversaturation of, of a look that's just, you know, CG work that wasn't ready in a lot of cases. Um, sometimes it is just standards changing as, as things improve, but I think a lot of the time there was stuff that didn't look great at the time there. In terms of what this film is, it, it's a safety first reintroduction, and that's fine. And I, I'm really just going to leave it with that thought that the first line of this trilogy was, this will start to make things right, and it did, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I love it. It's It feels like Star Wars, yeah. The other ones didn't. There's always just the sense of fun um, that has always been in Star Wars that always felt like it was so forced in the prequels. Um, but uh, but it's here with the right amount of emotional content and brilliant characters, especially Ray, who is just like a milestone character. And also something that really mentioned is the music, which is amazing as well. Ray's, Ray's theme, theme is beautiful. Is an all-time great it thing. is and it's got playfulness in it it's got so much in it it's great um i i love all the new characters um i just i i adore this film absolutely adore it and uh, it's really 
really makes me pleased to be able to say that. Uh, I don't know how you can adore a film, though, Charlie, when you don't know enough about it. Yeah. I mean, it's fun and all, but I don't know how factual it is. I don't know. Or maybe we might need to blend the two to... What? Fun and facts in the same package? Yeah. You don't don't say. Yeah! We're becoming more like a fucking infomercial with each show. (laughs) 50, 50, 50. I think we've introduced that so well that it is time for a party! Come on, Carl, check back! 50, 50, 50! 50, 50, 50! These are not very fun, but quite factual. Um, That doesn't sound like the whole package to me. (laughs) No. I'm sorry, I should do better next week. You're crap at hype! I am. Fun fact number one, Daisy Ridley's great uncle is Dad's army star, Arnold Ridley. Fun is fact he? Two, I did No. Fun mm. fact number two, John Boyega originally did the film, <laughs> played Finn with his natural English accent, and then he decided no, we'll do it with American accent because it didn't fit. I kind of wish he'd kept his accent because his accent does drop. Well, he, he, he was told to, um, to, to put an American accent on. Mm, it sounded a lot better, but no, he's really good. He's like, I think it's quite convincing. There's a couple of bits like it. Yeah, but generally, yeah. Fact number three, John Williams received his 50th Oscar nomination for his score work on this movie. Fun fact number four, Gary Oldman auditioned for the role that went to Max von Glockenspiel. Um, as the second time, obviously, he'd been eyed for a role in the Star Wars universe after... Uh, Grievous. Grievous, that no, was it. Yeah, Grievous, yeah. yeah. And fun fact number five, as you mentioned before, Daniel Craig was in this film. Anyway. Uh, wasn't his wasn't his number like something 007? I think I think that was a joke. I, I think it was meant to be like. No, I'm, I'm not saying it was a joke. <laughs> like you know, it, they finished filming it and then he went home and like that night he's having like a glass of wine with Rachel and he goes, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> what was 007?" <gasps> <gasps> no. Yes, I know it was deliberate. <laughs> I'm sure his like number was something 007. Yeah, anyway. DC 007, JB 007. Okay. All right, well, we before, so that was my five fun facts. Yeah. All right, social media, folks. Uh, you can find me at Simtrucks on Twitter. Uh, you can find this podcast at simtrucks.co.uk, along with my other podcasts and exciting posts I, po- I post on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically every six months he goes, should we record one? So it, it, <laughs> by default, Cinematronics is becoming a two-hander. <laughs> <laughs> the only two-hander Chris has got, I imagine. <laughs> yes, yes, very true. <laughs> you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy-six on Twitter. You can find me at Movie Drone on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk, Facebook.com slash Expect Us to Talk. You can also find us on the iTunes if you search Do You Expect Us to Talk? hit subscribe and give us a five star rating as it will rank us higher and attract more listeners yo okay um I, you know i've enjoyed this series um but i'm really not sure I, I've, I've i've still got a problem about episode four right at the very start where did she get all those fucking plans from <laughs> which means becca do you expect to talk or return with rogue one a star wars story